to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Fred. Our movie this week is Prometheus. Pop in your DVD or Blu-ray, press play, press pause from the 20th Century Fox page to black. At the first frame, you proceed from all black, press pause. And in the second, I will say three, two, one, unpause. At which point, I'll press play, you'll press play, we'll have a fucking race to the finish, and it'll be like any other commentary. Except, of course, with six friends in your head at the party episode here at Diff, we're drinking for the first time in months. At the table this week is myself, as always, T. Christie, my friend Eddie the Eddie Doty. Oh, yeah. Ryan the Weber Weaver. Hey, now. No one calls him that. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hi. People call me that. <laughs> my friend Ryan Venator. <laughs> Greetings and from the other side of the room. Trey, the amazing We stuff. were so wrong. Anyway, here's the deal with Prometheus. Um, there is a lot of divisive hatred, and it's usually, it boils down basically to two sides. Of the side that doesn't mind... <laughs> and the side that hates. Yeah. There is that's that's the spectrum that we're dealing with here. There isn't uh. there isn't a tremendous amount of people what love Prometheus. And at the table today, we've been careful to include folks who have a soft spot for it, myself included, as you probably guessed. Um, here's the thing spot. with Prometheus: when the trailers came out, man, I think we were all looking at those spaceship shots and going, "Oh yeah, yeah, this is gonna be good. Look at this shit. Oh my god!" And the vibe, and the mood, and the trailer, and the darkness, and the archness and all that stuff was coming together flamethrowers looked like a great late 70s early 80s sci-fi scary horror house and space movie like alien was and uh, when it came out people were thrown off deeply by the weirdo pacing the incre- questionable is too fair of a word the questionable logic and um just generally the way it sort of came together it wasn't the taut uh high-paced high-minded well-written space thriller we were hoping for and Afterwards, people were trying to figure out if they hate Ridley Scott, if they hate Damon Lindelof more, uh, what, what, what's going on there. And um, the result is the movie we have, and we're going to have a commentary about it. For my opinion, I, I, I went into the theater. I had a really good time with it. I went into that movie hoping to see some really cool visuals of spacey stuff and to be scared. And with such low expectations, Prometheus actually sails. Um, but when you get any, anywhere above that, and I, I'm not immune to the inclination to be above that, seeing as how this is our 172nd episode of Down in Front, I think. I, I know how a good movie's supposed to work. This ain't one of them. In, in, in terms of the way a movie's supposed to work, this is not firing on all cylinders. However, I actually had a good time with it. And the, the one thing that I will say, as an indefensible quality, is that the, the visuals are often stunning. I mean, Ridley Scott can really compose an image, and the guys that did the effects did a great job, especially the spaceship shots. The rest of it is questionable characters, questionable motives, questionable conclusions, and then questionable scenes. Um, I like Prometheus, but it's one of the ones that I can't even defend. Eddie? It's funny you mentioned that I got the visuals right, and, and you're not wrong, but I would, I, would li- I, would liken it, I would liken it to, like, if one of us suddenly became a guest judge at the championship butter sculpture thing <laughs> of the world, you'd be like, wow, that is... An amazing Arc de Triomphe made out of Irish grass-fed butter, no doubt. I don't care. I don't, yeah. Like I don't. I, there's nothing happening here to me. Well, and also the other judges were like, "Are you high? That's got that's, nothing. That's yeah. not at all what we yeah. how we judge or whatever." You know. I like yeah. I like the butter sculpture competition analogy for Diff. That's perfect. It's that's, just we're it's just some guys who have opinions arc, about butter sculpture. That's sculptures. not the Arc de Triomphe. That's literally just four sticks of butter stacked up. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay, I thought it was sure. I, I thought it was the Arc de Triomphe. I don't but, know. That's, yeah. a, that's a great butter stone. We're just a bunch of guys playing butter Jenga. Right. So for me, it's, um, you know, like I I said, kind of before we started rolling uh, on on this side of the room is going to be a lot of people who are going to, with laser laser like precision, uh, annihilate the various gaps of logic, story, plot, character, all these things. They're going to just do an an amazing job um, 
just ripping it apart as they as well they should. <laughs> um, and I have all those same objections as well. However, you ladies and gentlemen, you have a six top with you tonight, so there's going to be a lot of it's going to be a fun one. There's going to be a lot of real estate. My thing for me. Um, that I'm going to be sort of approaching this with today is attacking it from a sense of tone because I don't think this movie knows what tone it is or is supposed to be or what tone the Alien franchise in general was because regardless of whether it was Cameron, uh, Ridley the first time, Fincher, or or Jean-Luc Picard, there (laughs) was a consistent... There are some consistent things throughout all of those that are simply not present here. Uh, I think the score... I honestly think a lovable yet bumbling PA on the 20th Century Fox lot was running and tripped and the wrong soundtrack got put on this movie because I can't make heads or tails of some of the choices uh, tonally from this. I don't know. And it boils down to a a viewing experience for me, both the first time I saw it and last night when I rewatched it, where I would just look at the screen and then about five or six times throughout the course of the movie, I just went... Who gives a shit? Like, who fucking cares what you're doing? Like, I don't care at all about anything or any of you. And that's, there's damning with faint praise, and then there's damning with apathy. Wow, yeah. And that's, to me, the cardinal sin of this movie, is that logic choices aside, if you make me care, I'm in with you. But because they get, I think, a few key things wrong, which we'll all go into, uh, the net result is... Don't give a shit, Numi Rapace. I'm sorry. Like, uh, don't give a shit, Android Fazbender. Don't give a shit, uh, really buff dude, all in white. I don't care. <laughs> Angry like, Mohawk man. I don't. I don't give it about Rock, anybody. Rockstar Like, geologist. I don't care about any of you. Like, there's no motivation to care, and that I don't know what else I can say that's worse than that. Well, to whatever degree of authority you're willing to bestow upon down in front, Eddie was on every single one of our Alien commentaries, all four of them. So this will be his mm-hmm. fifth Ridley Scott Alien sort of appearance, even though Ridley Scott didn't have anything to do with some of them. Anyway. Ryan, here's the thing with Prometheus. Everyone at this table, except for I think you and me, hates it. What you do not hate it? What What are you seeing that's good about it? Uh, well, to say not hate, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> not hate is it. too strong a word. <laughs> I, 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 um, uh, I think it's uh, for both of us. It's a big matter of expectations. You know, that trailer came out and it was like really. An, that's an awesome trailer. Unfortunately, it shows you the whole movie, and you're kind of secretly hoping maybe there was another 30 minutes after the what you see in the trailer. But and also some good plots. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was. Yeah. And um, so anyway, I, I don't know. I was totally stoked on the trailer just in terms of the look, the vibe. I, it was just like I'd watch two hours of that trailer if that's all it was. And, uh, you know, that's kind of pretty much, you know. Uh, but you're also not a big alien guy in the same way that I'm not exactly a big alien guy. I didn't grow up with him. Yes. No, I was thinking that as as Eddie was explaining his thing, which is that uh, for me, I only kind of remember the whole franchise in just sort of fragments of images and, and mood. Like, I just haven't seen them in a long time and I never got super emotionally invested in them. So this as an installment of the alien franchise, I can see how a lot of people would be really sort of <laughs> annoyed or upset by it and disappointed at least. Um, but for and, you as a movie for me i lack that context and so it's just sort of like yeah that's a movie and it did some things and i don't know that's all right now obviously yes there are major problems with the plots but here's here's the analogy that i made i think to ut at some point which is that a movie that leaves a lot of things kind of open and leaves holes it's like it's like a road that's just full of potholes and you're driving and if you just are going into this experience where the movie is going to explain everything and you're bouncing on all these potholes and it's a rocky fucking ride and you're like god fuck this road this is so fucking stupid but um for but this, me the scenery is beautiful yeah yeah exactly yeah that no, is that is a fantastic is analogy yeah. but yeah. you're on the pothole road but you're on the pothole road and for me i kind of like 
I, I don't know. I guess more than many, I kind of am willing to donate my own concrete to sort of fill these plot holes <laughs> as I as I go along. <laughs> and so if you if you bring a lot of concrete with you and you fill a lot of potholes, then you've got a oh, you, then you've got a smooth ride. And it's like okay, that's fine. It makes sense. You end up kind of where it was going, but. At that, at a certain point, that road is more your concrete than it is the original road, and I think that's that's kind of where I'm coming at this from. Road. So I'm an yeah. idiot. Eddie is baffled, and Ryan's sympathetic. Dorkman, where do you fall on the spectrum here? I don't know if I'll stop if I get started, but I, I, <laughs> moving on. I'll yell at you after yeah. three minutes. Go. Okay. Um, for, for me, this is not a matter of expectation at all because I'm not huge on Alien, on the Alien franchise or whatever. I mean, I've seen, I didn't, I didn't see Alien Resurrection until I was sitting in on the commentary for it. Um, I had seen the other three, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm aware of them and familiar with them, but I don't like deeply love them or anything and i had zero context or expectation for prometheus because i didn't watch anything i didn't watch any of the viral stuff i didn't watch any of the trailers i because everyone was hyping themselves up about it and i for exactly that reason i'm like and I'm you know not, that pain yeah i i know that feel bro and uh <laughs> yeah. so i i'm like i'm not i didn't know better i i know better now so no i'm not gonna do it i'm just gonna go and see it and it'll be what it is um and as an installment of the Alien franchise, as a science fiction movie in its own right, it is a massive failure. Um, as a mo- depending on what you want out of movies, I think I think um, you know T kind of put it um, really well. If you are the kind of person who goes to movies because you want to see the the pretty pictures and Some the and pretty the, cool scary know, shit yeah and the sounds coming you know in, into your ears, then <laughs> I feel like I have been backhanded. Then perhaps then, I have great. <laughs> Well, well, no. It's it's almost like I think that it's is not a thinking man sci-fi movie. Yeah, that is, and and I I I was most annoyed by the people who were trying to act like it was. That was the the <laughs> yeah. bit that oh boy, that well, was the well, bit that made the, me as angry. with the Matrix sequels. I mean, it's, right. it's one of those like no, Revolutions has a great war scene, right. but it's really not that philosophically interesting. Yeah, but and and yeah. I was. I was gratified to discover that most people actually were seeing through it, as opposed yeah. to being the lone voice in the wilderness, as I am on. No, no, no. no. I, I just don't get it. Man. I yeah. don't make any defense of this. Yeah. It is retarded. I just had a good time watching it. But um, uh, I didn't, because I'm the guy going down the road, going fuck this road. <laughs> and uh, so you don't bring any concrete. No, I don't bring any yeah, concrete. No concrete. That's not my it's, job. Yeah, because <laughs> it's the go. movie's job to provide yeah. the, the asphalt. Yeah, exactly. I pay right. my taxes <laughs> right. so that someone else fills that road with concrete. Yeah. And um, you pay your movie ticket admission. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's your job. We expect my the job movie is, to know what it's doing. Yeah, I like both sides of that analogy. Yeah, I'm. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm here to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna meet. I'm, it's basically I'm liberal versus conservative. Yeah. You know, I was like. I'm gonna I'm gonna be behind the wheel and and active and paying attention like I'm engaged in the process yeah. as well. It's I not will a drive safely process. on your road. Yeah, but but <laughs> I'll drive safely. You make the road happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you make the road safe. That's the deal. Um, and uh, was your feeling going out just disappointment or was it anger? What was it? I d- uh, well because I didn't have expectations very high. I, I was just sort really of a, oh god, I, I don't want to deal with Twitter this week. Uh, yeah, was it, was it mostly people's reactions to it that then started pissing you off? The people who were like really into it and thought it was great. Yeah. The the people who were like, oh man, finally, you know, thinking man sci-fi, good sci-fi movie, <laughs> the best sci-fi movie of the year. I'm like, shut up. No, it's not. It's not even, it's not even good sci-fi. It's not sci-fi at all. Which you know? man was thinking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, Mike even had words to say about my review on Down in Front, which was basically just, yeah, I got drunk and I liked the pictures yeah. and the sound and Mike was like, ah, I hate you, you idiot. Yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> You're a little, wrong. I was a little angry. Prometheus it. touched Mike somewhere. But uh, yeah. yeah um, in a bad place. It did me too. It's, and, and people. It's a, it's a serial molester. Yeah. 
it, it touched me wrong too. The the biggest problem I'll I'll the the problem that upset me like you said the motivations are all messed up and and all this stuff and also just it's frustrating and I know movies do this all the time but it's frustrating how completely wrong it gets every aspect of of any of the science that it tries to touch upon. Yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna go there in this commentary. We'll go there and, <laughs> we'll and 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 people will be like, "Well, it's science fiction." I'm like, "That doesn't yeah, mean you get does. to have fictional science. That's not how that works." You you start on go off and read the Moat and God's yeah. Eye. Come you back start, and tell me about you hard start, sci-fi. You start yeah. based on what's real and you extrapolate right. it. You don't make shit up and then just give it the name of something that is real. Right. And the, and as someone pointed out on Twitter, they're like, you know, the, you you get the a movie that got. A, a, a movie about football that got the sport as wrong <laughs> as this movie gets science would not be allowed. Yeah, nobody would would let that, that slide. So true. And a, and a movie that got the science the football as wrong as this movie gets the science would be a football movie where that they play on skates with bats. Like <laughs> I would bats. totally watch that. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We get the picture. But Bri- anyway, of, of all the people at the table here today, actually, I know the least about Brian's opinion. What's your what's your read on Prometheus? Well, I just want to say it, it sucks sitting on this side of the room because everybody said everything already. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to my life. Yeah. Welcome to no, Trey's I, I, life. I feel, yeah, really. This, this is specifically why up. I sat over on that side when we started this goddamn Because you wanted to get in on it <laughs> earlier. Uh, anyway. I'm going to be first. Oh, yeah. Scrape whatever, some new words on the stone. Out. Mine was mine was not quite anger but heavy disappointment because I was I consciously tried to do what Mike did, which was avoid developing expectations, but halfway did anyway. Uh, the trailer is really cool. Uh, well, even even prior to that, I mean, yeah, obviously, I'm a huge science fiction guy, and I love thinking, man, science fiction, blah blah. As far as that term is not pretentious, all shit. Brian likes uh, his Kim Stanley Robinson. I yeah, exactly. Um, and this was the possibility of that in cinema form, so it's like. Even as far back as 2010, I knew it probably wasn't going to be. As I know I've talked about before, I went to the Hero Complex Film Festival uh, in 2010, which uh, had a Q&A with Ridley Scott along with showing Alien and, and Blade Runner. And so Prometheus was still in its very formative stages at that point, and somebody asked him about it. And everyone was like, ooh, Ridley's doing yeah, another yeah, Alien Yeah, so thing. Ridley, you got to tell us what's going And he went, uh, and I know I've <laughs> talked about this before, he went off on this like... And I can't even do it justice because it would just baffled me sitting in the room, even trying to describe how relativity worked. And I just cannot. Oh, I, I think it's on the online somewhere. But I remember sitting there going, oh, we're going to hear something about. Th- I can't wait for this. This is a movie I can't wait for. And then listening to him for a couple minutes and going. I have a really bad feeling about this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, as far back then, the seed was planted. And then so I really actively tried to avoid developing expectations and to a certain point failed because in the lead up, seeing the trailer, I was like, eh, no, no, no. Yeah. But, uh, yeah I get uh, it. And so it played out exactly as I feared it would. Uh, you know, again, everything everybody else has said. But it's what's a what, science like, movie, what, it, but it's gorgeous. At yada, the risk yada. of repeating someone else already, though, but what's your problem with it? It makes no sense. Uh, it's terrible science. Um, and it has no point. You know, we we always reference the terrible Myers. science and bad movie making. <laughs> yeah, it, it, other yeah. than that, the two things the two <laughs> things I care about more than anything else in the world: science and movies. Let's do them both really terribly and throw them together <laughs> and see how I react. And ask Brian uh, how he feels. Yeah, <laughs> you've got bad science and my bad movie. Hey, exactly. they're great together. Yeah, uh, so not terribly happy about it. Now, Trey Stokes. Yeah, when Alien came out, you'd have been like, have 18, we watched the movie already? Or, or we're still like okay. that? No, it's a long intro. It's be a long episode. Fair fun. enough. But uh, you, you, Alien probably hit you at a really good time. Yeah, the for me, of more than anyone else in the room, I'm sure. I mean, talking about uh, you know, people who'd like to which 
to whom Alien isn't like a big deal. Yeah, to, Alien we're, to we're me babies. is like, Alien and Star Wars are equivalent to me. Yeah, be- I'm in the because same boat. because they, two years apart. They came out. Star Wars seventy seven. Alien, I believe seventy nine. Um, and uh, you know, Star Wars was like, oh my god, it's a whole new era of filmmaking, and obviously, you know, that that changed my life in in every conceivable way. But then Alien was the one who was like, oh my god, and now we also have this, which is pretty much the flip side of Star Wars in terms of what it is. But it's like an actual. Amazingly put together, well produced, taut, exciting, gripping science fiction story that's basically just a dressed up monster movie, but really well done. And uh, right. you know, Alien, Alien was the the one two punch for me of you know Star Wars and Alien was like wow if this is if this is the spectrum of what science fiction and fun movies are going to be, we're gonna we're, you, we got it. You this, rub your hands. We're in a golden age, folks. You know yeah. that I've been waiting my whole life for, um, because before that it was like the good episodes of Star Trek, and that was it. Other than, other than that, it was a wasteland out there. So yeah. so five episodes of Star Trek <laughs> is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Everything and nothing from season three, as we all know. So, what was your um, thing going into Prometheus at this point? Well, I, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I made a point like I do of any movie. It's, it's, you know, I'm doing it now with Star Wars, as you know. It's like I made a point of not knowing a goddamn thing, or as much as you know, unless I completely issue the internet, you, you, you hear some things. Just but, shut off the rumor mill. Exactly, but I don't, you know, I don't need to know. Like, oh my god, who, who, what color were her toenails? If you, if you. Pause the the trailer. You can see that her toenails are pink, and let's discuss that on Twitter. I don't give a damn. I I just yeah. Show me the movie. When your movie's done, I'll watch it. Let's you know that's the contract for me. Um, there was some there was some rumors about like well, I don't know how this was going to turn out, but the trailer was fantastic. I was like, oh my god! Now Ridley Scott has. 30 years more of movie technology at his disposal. Well, that can't be bad. Um, so that was all good. And <laughs> That's funny. It can't be bad. <laughs> well, and it wasn't because the movie's gorgeous. Um, but so was, he did not have a good script uh, to make that beautiful picture of uh, the, the pothole-filled road analogy. So um, weirdly enough, I, I saw the movie one and a half times in the theater because I saw it, the first time I went to go see it, I think I went to the midnight show. I was like, I was in, invested enough to go to like Friday midnight, wow. I believe it was. Like, all right, yeah. Deeply I'll, tired is a good time to see it. Yeah, I'll go see um, And then um, the movie the movie got to the point where they'd just gone into the ship for the first time and they were doing the, the mapping, the laser mapping was happening. Right around then, the screen went dark and the house lights came up and they said, um, I said, no, it wasn't a midnight show. It was an after, it was Friday afternoon. I was, it was like wasn't sure, even yeah. midnight. It was like, for, but it was opening day. Day of opening. Yeah. It was the afternoon. And, and the lights came up and they said, I'm sorry, we have to evacuate the theater because there's a bomb scare oh. at, at the FedEx next door that there's a mysterious, there's a, there's a fishy package at the, it was the, the theater adjoined a, a, a FedEx right. and uh, shared a wall. And they said, there's a fishy package at FedEx and they're evacuating the entire shopping center. Someone knew. Wait, better. wait. So wait, you left the movie like halfway in and I was like, did you leave okay, going, oh, this, this might work. I was like, that was the, that was the extra sad part was like, okay, there were a couple of moments where I went, yeah, still but, but the movie hadn't turned to shit yet. So I was like, there's, there's a very specific and very specific scene that I can't wait to get to when we actually eventually do watch this movie that we're discussing at such length. Um, there's, there's, there is a very specific scene where the movie goes from, okay, not perfect, but I'm rolling with it to, oh my God, this movie is completely brain dead shit. And, and I, I will be sure to point that out when we arrive at that scene. But, um, but I was like, okay. And then they gave us a voucher and you have to come back. And, you know, so I, I went back like the next day and got to experience basically the good part of the movie again, which was nice. All the, the ship landing and all that cool stuff. Um, and them going in. And then 
it all went to hell and uh, it was ultimately very disappointing and sad and and but i'm not i don't react to it in a in from the sense of oh my god they've tarnished the alien legacy because i felt that way about alien 3 when it first came out with um and i felt that way about alien 4 when it first came out both of those movies i have since come from sort of the distance to in revisiting them to appreciate them on their own merits and i, I actually like them both now you know I, I especially alien 3 my my opinion of alien 3 from first viewing to now is uh, tremendously different but this is more of like a it's it's not you, so it's not a like big they've tarnished here. the alien legacy is like this is just a dumb movie that people put way too much effort into for what they ended up creating you know yeah, this yeah. is just stupid and and you know it's it's it doesn't ruin the alien legacy but it's like i'm with you know whichever one of the thousand people who've spoken before <laughs> me said it's like don't call this science fiction just call this random images that we just fucking made up and uh, and and as someone who yeah. is into science fiction for the science part of the fiction uh, i was extremely disappointed to the point of anger of how stupid it was yeah i've been listening to ring world on audible lately and it's just bumming me out more about prometheus there you go anyway uh so you're at the point where the 20th century fox logo has faded oh, yeah. to black uh um, we have to watch this movie we do God. yeah well it's gonna be all it's gonna be a good long episode everyone's gonna have a good time with we it. could still yeah. make this into okay. an intermission strap yeah. in because we'll there's potholes anyway <laughs> so you're at the point where the 20th century fox logo is faded to black as i am here put your finger on the button three two one on pause. Oh, it is an old-fashioned hate fucking y'all. Can I? Uh, can I? <laughs> let me let me start this off because uh, me and to a, a slightly lesser degree Ryan are the yin to everyone who fucking hates this movie's yang. Let me let me start it off by putting a thing up on the thing. Uh, on sorry, I'm getting distracted by how cool Ridley Scott's production yeah, company logo Scott is. Free logo is pretty cool. That's a cool. self-indulgent logo though. Yeah, it but it's cool. on more than it's longer cool. than most movies. Any case, well, here's the thing that happened to me. I walked into the theater with the exact same universe around me surrounding me, and to that point that I walked into the theater as everyone else here. <laughs> Oh my God, I've read this review of Prometheus in advance. Embargo opens and everyone posts their reviews and it's shit. And I walk in with like, oh fuck, I don't even want to do this. I don't care. The trailer was cool, but I don't care. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this. I scot free, blah, 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 blah. Big ass, 2.35 to one, beautiful images. Cool like soundtrack that's not really doing anything yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sitting there and I'm going... As I mentioned before, when I'm watching a movie that I think I'm going to hate, I try to keep a mental track of like the chapter list of, did I like it at five minutes? Yeah, I'm still liking it at 10 and you know, I'll get to like 35 and it just helps me inform my opinion later. It's like, you know, for the first 35 minutes, I was really liking it, but then it started falling apart. So I'm doing that actively as I'm watching this scene. And I'm going, you know, these are really pretty pictures. The mood is cool. The, what the music is doing with the pictures is giving me this kind of cool Kuleshov thing going on where I'm like, oh, this is cool and important and smart. And uh, by the time the engineer shows up, the, the first negative thought I have is, well, he looks awful, but that's beside the point. Uh, I mean, the makeups are great. It's just, he looks like a dumb character design. But I'm, I'm feeling, coming out of this montage, yeah, all right, let's do this. Big, epic, weirdo, space opera, scary movie. Go. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Northern Ireland is, is lovely this time of year. Especially when um, you really crunch down the mid-tones and make totally. it this sort of contrasty place. No doubt. And as Mike is about to completely, you know, drop some knowledge with the original script's version of this and all that other stuff, I would just say that the inclusion of this, this whole uh, prologue, I think almost like hamstrings the rest of the movie <clears throat> for 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 the majority of it and I'll, I'll I'll go into more detail why I think that later but there are as as Mike was the first one to sort of email all of us the original draft uh the the John Spieth or the space space, space Jeff of this script you know there's there were some differences from from the start it does kind of 
I'm sorry. I was just going to say, let's all be clear throughout the entire movie. This is a gorgeous movie. Of course. This, well, this, this, this is. I mean, even Ryan was talking about buying the Blu-ray because it's like I have mixed opinions. But God, look I at this it. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. bought it off iTunes because I just wanted to be able to look at some of these shots. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. It's, that's I mean, it's good looking it. stuff. And I, I like if the movie. Any temptation for me to buy it? Then that is it exactly. Too just. It's a perfect one of those movies to put on in the background while you're cleaning uh, your apartment or like a party or something. Just mute yeah. it and put it on, and people can watch the pictures. Yeah. I mean, you watch. I watched the uh, the four-hour Furious Gods making of because I'm like, I want to know. Oh, man, I got to watch that. I, I want to know how this was made because it's it's immaculately made. And, I mean, the, there's such a level of craft going into it, I agree, by, by almost everyone, um, that it's... I, I watched the whole making of, and I go, God, this has almost made me forget what a pile of crap this movie yeah. uh, ultimately is um, in terms of if you are watching for... For a cohesive it is, point, if yeah. you're if you're watching if you're watching for the images, like you say, it's it is it's one of stunning. the best movies of it's the year and pretty. of the decade, um, absolutely. But but up there with Avatar. It's funny how distinct the difference is between like here's this script and this is the thing we're making, and then it's like all right, here's what we're making, and it's like how completely different those two aspects. Let of me the ask. Let me ask this real quick. We're gonna get into nitpicks, but I want to talk about the movie for a second. Does yeah. anyone understand exactly what his sacrifice here is? Yes. What he's doing? Yeah. He's sacrificing. He's he's sacrificing himself to seed the planet with the the with with the the uh, building blocks of life. With so DNA. he's sort of like a an anthropomorphized Genesis device. Well, yes. It's that's, that's, yeah. Hence the title Prometheus. Right. Is, exactly. is a, a god who sacrifices himself for mankind, basically. But um, why? But why an advanced creature has to physically die to be a part of that process yeah. it's it's it's, it's confused here's here's the issue with here's the issue with the whole movie which is embodied in this moment is that there is this confusion of plot and theme and trying to say something with the theme in terms of you know self-sacrifice yeah, for, yeah, as an yeah. act of creation but that doesn't actually connect to a plot that makes sense in any way shape or form the guy doesn't actually have to sacrifice as an, as an action he that could bring any, a bottle of ashes or something. Uh, yeah. As an action he, that an actual human being and actual intelligence of any kind would actually do. It makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And therefore thematically, it doesn't make sense when, if the plot action were different, it would. Now I will say that, that I, while I recognize that sentiment, I, I don't, I'm not bothered by it in the least because I'm perfectly capable I'm perfectly okay with saying they're aliens. Who knows what the hell they do? Right. You know, it's like, or why they think or what their philosophy is or what they're now. Now that, I'm talking about at this point in the movie. Yes. Later scenes of the movie do not seem to bear out this weird, you know, culture that the, this is suggesting that they have this weird sort of we will sacrifice ourselves to seed the galaxy with with versions of ourselves or whatever. That's I'm even okay with. Okay, you don't even have to explain that to me. That's just a thing that they did. <laughs> I can share a plot any, later if you'd any, like. That any will more, actually connect all that. Any up. more than any yeah. more than like cows look at us going. I totally understand what they're up to all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I we cut off their heads and no, I, they I don't totally, understand. I totally get what those creatures are up to. You know, um, this is, I think it was the, the book, The Plague Dogs, which was written by the same guy who wrote the water, Watership Down, who talked from the point of view of dogs. And the, the question dogs had is, humans are obsessed with paper. Everything is paper with them. It's like this piece of paper means this, and this piece of paper means something else. It's crazy with the paper, those guys. So I'm I'm perfectly okay to say to the aliens, whatever they did. Um, That's the what cats think too. Exactly. Yeah, the mistake enough. was then later in the movie trying to sort of bring it back together in a way that you go, well, wait, now that doesn't match what you started with in terms of this right. is how they operate. Well, so here's my thing though, as um as the perennial good cop when it comes to movies that everyone else hates. <laughs> here's my problem. I speak bad <laughs> cop language. I mean, I've, this is, as I was telling Eddie earlier, we're in the 170s 
of movie commentaries we've done, and probably the 150 or 60s of movie commentaries we've done with a screenwriting structure, rational understanding of how this movie was made bent, I fully speak this movie sucks. And going into the movie, though, I came out of it with a generally lukewarm, but that comes across as positive on this show, lukewarm opinion of it. This was the scene at the beginning, and right after that man, that montage I mentioned, where I'm like, oh man, this is cool, that I went this is at best deeply abbreviated science. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, this is, sure. I mean, I'm already, I mean, this is a well-known tried and true trope of science fiction, the ancient aliens and yeah, it happens all over the place. Leaving their it, stigmata. Yeah. This, this, is, this is straight out of Eric Von Donneken, which is yeah. very yeah. big in the 1970s. <sighs> I believed it when I was 14. Yeah. And the fact but that it's all been disproved. Is and bullshit. you know, what? it shows up in the, it, it shows up in everything. It shows up as, you know, an original series, Star Trek. So I, you know, the opening theme of so, Battlestar, the original Battlestar Galactica was the narration. Yeah. Of like, there are some life, who believe life, life here began, began out there. there. It's Starseed. Yeah, it's, 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 it's all over the place. Yes. Yeah. But There's, the fact that it ex still exists and it, at this point, in the, same, no more in the same, well, Pans, well in the Pans, same, Pans totally like still is a valid theory, although it seems unlikely. Right. But, the, well, the fact that it still exists in this, in this exact same like immature kind of construction that it has yeah. existed for like the last hundred years the specific yeah the specific of it that really this is where i kind of you know that that aspect of the scene for me was like like oh god this really um they, they did like a one two thing which was really really bizarre there's the, there's an image of the, the four horses you see that four horses that's straight up copy of an image that literally is in a cave painting in in the documentary cave of forgotten dreams right. go check it out um that's an actual reproduction of an actual cave painting that is tens of thousands of years old so that's fascinating um so they, you know so they do have a research department someone actually in this movie there is a research department at work doing things but then to immediately from there 8 seconds later to go to here's five dots painted on a wall, yeah, and we're going to equate that to a star map. Yeah, yep. that is the that's the offensive. That part. goes that goes all the way back to Barney. The first time anyone tried that was Barney and Betty Hill, uh, which are the first people who, to claim to have been abducted by aliens. And then, of course, historically, that was dumb. And even the UFO community said you don't get abducted by aliens. And only thirty years later has that become the mainstream belief of the UFO people. But at the time, they were that was ridiculous. Um, but one of the things they said was, and on their ship, I saw a map, and 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 Betty Hill drew like dots, and then someone actually claimed to have figured out from her hand-drawn picture of some dots what star system they were talking about. And that's absolute bullshit. Yeah. That's complete and utter bullshit. If you look at the stars, you can find any pattern anywhere as long as you assume that you've done it. So the idea that there are... There's, there's a constellation out there that is literally one star. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's the first thing, and and actually, and we will say, and Mike, you can back me up for anyone else who's read it. Is not that this is necessarily a good thing because I'm not. I as much as I like good science, I don't like you know movies that go on and on and on about how brilliantly scientific they're being either. You know, you want to get to the story, but the Spates draft before yeah. Lindelof got hold of it was that. much more explicit about how they isolated the star system and not just yes. five dots. Star system, let's go. Yeah. Fade through black to Mike. Yeah, yeah, and and also the see how I did that. Also, the Spates draft was much better about <laughs> what we're talking about, which is the the. Um, you know, seeding life and, and all of that because the... You're the talking about the fact that before Lindelof got on board and wrote the, the shooting draft, there was a draft that Ridley had done with another guy. Yes, with John Spates who... Uh, Arguably wrote, better. Uh, I, I Arguably think, not so foo-foo magic-y. Yes, That's I all. think... Not, I, not necessarily a great draft. There was also a draft before that, wasn't there as well? No, Spates was so the first the on it. it. Um, he, wrote, he wrote several drafts, two of which have, um, are, I think, you know, available to find. But um, the, the thing is... It, this this movie it implies that 
by doing what he did, the the engineer created life on that planet. It may or may not be Earth or, or whatever, but that's where life comes from because the DNA falls apart and then it reconstructs itself for some reason by some mechanism. Who knows? It whatever. indicates that whatever they do, he is the one that went there and did that to that yes. planet. Whereas in the space draft, it's he goes there and he does that. He sacrifices himself as opposed to this black goo. He sacrifices himself to these these scarab beetles that eat him. Basically, they they ingest his his uh, genetic material and then they fly off. And the planet already has life on it. And so you see them fly off and they find someone, you know, a, a tribal person running through the jungle hunting or whatever, and is bitten by one of these scarab beetles. And the 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 DNA of the of the engineer is basically carried like a virus, infects them, and then jump starts or, or kind of kickstarts a new phase in in the evolutionary process. That seems more like of all things, it's it seems more like two thousand and one. Yeah, well, like, actually, the space someone draft, enforces upon the, the existing culture a thing that changes the way that the, their evolution. The space is going. draft had a lot of very two thousand one things. There, there are also very Star Trek. Yeah, there were there were there were obelisks uh, that marked the points at which these things happen. Uh, there was, uh, when they meet with Wayland, there's a scene where they meet with him and actually ask him to to fund the expedition, which they've they've completely skipped over here, which takes place on a 2001-y, like, they're walking along the outside of a, of a circular hallway and going up and up and up constantly, and it, it is very clearly and deliberately 2001, and it may be that it's that was moved away from because Ridley Scott didn't want to be seen as making something as derivative as that but uh it made more sense <laughs> and and yeah, no um is a you know was was ultimately kind of a better thing now this bit everything with with david alone in the ship is the most oh ridley scott remembered how to make alien right and yeah. came back and did it and not to mention completely the i mean same. i mean uh, fastbender aside this is the sequence that is about half the trailer that is just Gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, yes. This is this is the, the footprint movie, in the snow the for my image talent. so far. The movie's yeah. the movie's doing fine right now. Yeah. And I, Charlize, I love Charlize so much. I think she's one of our greatest good-looking actors. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. up there with Brad Pitt and yeah, the ones exactly. that can actually yeah, actually alongside act, with yeah. Patton Oswalt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, in, in young adult, and that's worth. But checking by out. her range of motion on these push-ups is not great. It's awful. I, yeah. it, bu it bugged me too. When well, I was she watching. just yeah. got out of you know cryo sleep. You guys, give her a break. But it's her introduction of what a badass she is, and they're not badass push-ups. I'm just gonna put. No, I'm there. with you. I mean, she breaks she breaks 90 degrees in the close-up, but yeah. on the wide, she's like 130. Well, that's how an actor rolls, man. I know what's going on in my close-up, but for my wide, fuck it. Yeah, now, here's you. my thing, though. Um, queuing off of what Mike was just saying about the Lindelof draft and the expectations that come in when someone like Damon Lindelof picks up a project, um, I don't know anything by about... The way, by the way, looking at the Lindelof draft, I actually haven't read the whole thing because the, the style is so aggressive and awful, but, but actually... Uh, Asterisk. So I haven't yeah. I haven't really gone gone through it yet, but um, I've I've looked at a few scenes. I've just kind of perused it. Um, the, the a few of the more egregious problems that I have with this movie, and they are better in the Lindelof draft that I'm looking at than they even are on screen. Oh, really? So it might be a problem. We actually of, should probably not hang. Well, it's this more of like a problem of, of, of the way that Ridley Scott uh, assimilates the, the shorthand of an already not there, great. Well, no, there definitely, think, there definitely is that, I and mean, often we, you know, often we will blame a writer for something that's really the director's fault or vice versa. Um, although you would hope that a director would say. Hey, this scene isn't particularly well written. Maybe we'll take another crack at it when we're actually shooting it. And there's an example coming up in just a few minutes with, that it just clues me into how little Ridley knows or cares yeah. about 
the science because yeah, yeah. there's a there's an actor an actor gives a line that is clearly written correctly but read wrong that is makes the line from okay to completely stupid mm-hmm. um, and it's coming up in a minute in just a minute and I'll I will. point it out but but you know the the author can you know can can write a script and then it gets rewritten and then it goes to the set and the writer may or may not be on the set at the time to be able to say here's what this means etc cetera, etc cetera. on set is I, I'm going with that because what I'm basically saying is we're we're giving Lindelof a lot of a lot of shit certainly but on set is clearly what movie. broke some yeah. of this movie yeah. well here's something that's fun about that when I was talking to Ryan about it he listened to the the, the commentaries on the DVD that I didn't. Um, there's a thread in the, in the diff forum about what I learned from listening to the two Prometheus commentaries, which is a fun, a fun thread. But one of the things that Ryan mentioned is that Lindelof, even though when the time he recorded this commentary, the movie hadn't been released yet, Lindelof just sort of approached the commentary as if, and with the implicit understanding that the whole world's going to hate this and I want to defend <laughs> myself against it. Is, is that sort of the tone that he Yeah, that he well, the, the cool thing is, I mean, they were recorded. I was I was about to just explain about the commentaries because it ties perfectly into everything you were just saying and what you, Brian, said in the in the outset with your intro, which is there are two commentaries on the Prometheus um, uh, Blu-ray here. You've got your Ridley Scott commentary, which... I'll, I'll get to Typically that second. But, but the other thing is that you've got the writer commentary, which is Spates and Lindelof, and they were not recorded at the same time. And so what's interesting is that they don't know what each other are saying, and they mostly talk about their versions of the script and how they're different from the movie and different from each other's. And so it's kind of interesting because you do get these little pieces and fragments of Spates explaining this made more sense in mind and here's how I had written it kind of a thing, which is, which is a nice sort of uh, cliff notes version of just reading his script. Well, he, had, he had done like an actual blog post on the internet saying, yeah, so this, this is a working draft guys, but here's like what, when his draft got, was leaked, that before or after release, after release, his draft got leaked yeah. and he, he claimed, you know, he owned up to it. Yes, that's, that's real. That's, that's, that's my me, draft. Yeah. That's genuine. And he went, okay, now I know that draft's not perfect, but it was a working draft, but a, B and C, this is why it is the way it is. Just on the assumption that the whole internet doesn't understand the way notes work. And when someone asks you for something retarded, you just have to yeah, exactly. work. Yeah, exactly. Which, which they don't. Yeah. They so, certainly so, don't. So, so it's fascinating because it's like, you've got the two writers sort of, uh, squaring off before the movie has come out and Lindelof is completely under the assumption that if you're listening to this, you hate him. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Which I, if you follow him on Twitter, it's the same thing. It's, yeah. he, it's kind of. I feel bad for the guy. The I like time, the guy as a person you know, a lot. He's got a yeah. beating com- complex. He's but, got. Uh, a, but he's ow, been, ow, just don't hurt me. He's, yeah, after Lost, it's like he. A lot of people just have the hatchets out anytime he goes to work. So. Yeah. Bear and in mind, then, so, I don't know anything about Damon Lindelof. I haven't seen Lost, nor have I heard that draft, nor well, do I follow him on Twitter. Well, all I know is that he's been associated with movies that everyone says are poorly written. As I said recently in a, in a, in a thread on the forum, talking about because uh, we were talking about Lost, I said, you know, Lost got Lindelof as well. It was a science fiction show until the last season when it became stupid foo-foo magic stuff and it's like there are distinct changes along the yeah, way yeah where exactly you, you feel different presences Wait. so the, the only other thing about the commentary i was gonna say is the ridley scott thing is incredibly telling to me and you can you can i can't believe they just used a rubik's cube for that yeah, i really whatever. can't Wait, what do you mean uh, the all rubik's the other things going Wait, on how is it telling because when i listen I, i've never made it through anyway. a ridley scott commentary because people like there's the joke about arnold schwarzenegger literally says what's happening on screen right so does ridley scott yeah totally that's all he does but, but, wait ryan what do you mean by the ridley scott thing well, the, I mean, the interesting thing is that he 
you can you can tell right from the beginning because the first thing he says when it's showing the logos and it's like, "Hi, I'm really Scott. I'm here to talk to you about my latest movie. It's called Prometheus." And <laughs> because uh, I'm contractually is, obligated to do so, this is going to no, no, the, the, because he, he goes, "This is uh, uh, this will be you'll be I'll be narrating." the entirety of the film for you as you watch it and uh, yes. explaining things along the way. So it's kind of like, okay. He enters put upon. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is a very basic grasp on what a commentary is to begin with. But yes, he then, he then proceeds he to narrate You it. don't have it. Now here's, now, now here's the line. But, here's the line I'm talking about. Yeah. Is right right. Here, he goes, it just so happens that this, uh, that, that system has a son. Yeah. <laughs> what? Now, now, hold on, hold on. A lot like ours. Yes. He inflected okay. that line yep. completely wrong. Yeah. yeah. How like, is it written? The line is, this this system has a son just like ours. Has this system per- has a son that is just like ours. Yeah. But he says, a, this, this system, system has a son. Has a son. Having a, Shyamalan. Having a son is what defines it as a system. <laughs> yeah. The, you the, can't the, have a system without a son. He, he's, but right. he's I mean, he's, the definition of a system is a right. star with There's things a star with a thing. So, so it's just the fact that no one on the set knew or had the authority to That's go. That's why it's called a solar system. It's That's like right. saying this car has an engine. Yeah. yeah. What, what's, what makes this car different well, is it has an engine. That, that, runs, on, that yes. runs on water. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's like he, there was no one on the set who knew how to say that line correctly or had the authority to go, that's not how that line is supposed to be read. And that makes perfect sense to me because when you listen to this, this commentary with Ridley, you get the sense that he has the most primitive Here's, understanding of science yeah. fiction. He is interested in like minute to minute what you're seeing on screen and the interesting ideas that are brought about, but has no clear... It's almost We're, like someone who's high and doesn't have a long-term sense of... This is the of, line. This is the line that broke it for me. This is when I was like, oh, I've already given up on this movie. When he was saying... when when. Uh, uh, Milburn, the biologist, is asking the very reasonable yeah, a question. Perfectly reasonable right. question. Sure. What is your evidence for this? And she goes, "None. Just thought it seemed cool." Right. Yeah. Her, her exact okay. words are, "It's what I choose to believe. believe." Yeah. Now, see, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see that. Well, see that again. I'm okay with that as long as she gets fucking killed later. Yeah. Right. As long as something yeah. god or, awful or, happens. Or to if her. she, or if she's like, if she's the one who finds. Like, I mean, it's yeah. it, my whole objection to that scene existing in the first place is because it only exists because it's a mirror. Of alien and aliens, they have a similar the briefing. Scene. You now, have why the briefing. do they, now why do they have a briefing on the ship? They have a briefing on the ship in the first one because they're getting orders. They're out there already doing something, and then they get a sudden change because of they're orders. being diverted in the middle. They're being of being diverted. Else. It's the, like the radio buzzes in a cop the car se- and tells them where yeah. to go. Exactly. The second now the reason in aliens is because they're marines, marines, and it's it's a yeah. quote covert operation that they're running, yeah. so they're not going to get briefed uh, until they're already fine. I buy that. That makes sense for a philanthropist who has hired all of these people these are all people who have been hired why would they not before they already say they've been asleep for over two years sacrificing all that be like hey we have a mission we'll tell you about when you're up there after two years cool no that doesn't that doesn't work in in life i'm not not actually bothered by that in the in the script that doesn't it doesn't quite bother me as much because uh again in the script and i kind of bite a little bit they're like we're not going to tell you why but but you know how you get paid a ton of money to go on these trips just in general, we're going to pay you three times that. Did they mention that in the script? They mentioned that in the script. Yeah, but not the, in the actual movie it's, movie. It's yeah. implied okay. here that, that these guys, you know, these guys like, yeah, we, we, this is what they do. They're like mercenaries, you know, but they're mercenary geologists or whatever. Because Wayland's... Mercenary geologists, that's awesome. I know. And then there's a guy who's, you know, <laughs> the rock, back to school. punk rock geologist. <laughs> but, you know, I'm okay with the idea that there's a culture where Wayland goes, look, I've got all kinds of crazy secret projects I do all the time. I got one shipping out next week. I'll pay you huge amounts of money. You don't get to know what it's about until you get there. But yeah, that's, how, that's how we do crazy it. crazy it, Gates. It's, yeah, right, from exactly. my, my 
my feel my feeling with it is like it's I, I'm with you, Eddie, that it bugs me, but if the rest of the movie were fine, yeah. it wouldn't bug right, me. Right, right. I'm like, with you. I'm with you. Because, yeah, if, if if Richard Branson called you up and went, I'm going to pay you three times what you normally make to go do a thing, but I'm not going to tell you what it is until we get out there. Uh, yeah, yeah. fair enough. But, but, uh, but, I, but I think it might be the most amazing thing that mankind will ever experience. You, you want to yeah. go? Fa- well, fair somebody's going to sign on. Just, yeah. like, just, like, just like everyone had a moment in that scene where they're like, I'm out. To me, the whole meeting was like, they're clearly only doing this because it's a, it's like a callback to two other movies. Like, right. It, no, you're, and you're you know, absolutely like, right about and, that. And as, as Mike, and again, can, and if you have read it, it's like... It's I've like, read it. it was, it's uh, like, I understand that... It, I understand. I like the the storytelling efficiency of this way of doing it, but the entire first act of the Spates draft basically was explaining all this. Right, right. So, and it was all about putting the team together. And I think, in general, from a filmmaking standpoint, it was actually a good choice to skip to four minutes in. The Prometheus is in space on its way to the destination. I, I'm with you on that. I would just say maybe they already they don't need to be brief. You know what I mean? Like it's very clear. No, I, I, I get that. Yeah, know, I totally understand. They don't I mean, need to be brief. Okay, so, I, there, there are a few more. There are other th- issues. I just want to point out the other th- issues are wrong with it is the whole Guy Pierce subplot, which goes nowhere and accomplishes we'll get, nothing we'll for get the there entire later. movie. Yeah, well, he's already showed up. And that. and the and the p- parallel, Charlize Theron. Was anyone shocked when she said "Dad"? No. Nope. Wow, that was a real yeah. big rabbit they pulled out of a hat, right? Well, anyway, with cool the, landing with shot with the out. Hunt for Red October cook shot of. When he says, "Yes, yeah, David, the closest thing I have to a son. son," and yeah. she just like, "Harumph!" Yeah, harumph! I am disgruntled. I want to talk about that scene, like because I think that that line that we're saying, you know, oh, what's your evidence? Oh, it's what I choose. That's to exactly believe. where I was going to okay, go. Okay, this is this is more than anything else. This is the core of my issue with mo- this movie and movies like it, which is movies using the trappings of science and also science fiction that thank you completely You're going exactly disregard right. what science is and the absolute opposite direction like sure there there is absolutely a place for human emotion and whatever and you know <laughs> all, all of that human stuff that you whatever guys whatever like. that is whatever you're, however that your yeah. human feelings but hang on the 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 core of science is a very defined it is a the core of science and why science works has a strong identity to it and just m- movies like this like nostalgic just Artie like oh what I feel is valid because it's my opinion and it makes me feel good so that's all that really matters is me feeling good no that's not how reality works at all and when you're using the trappings of actual science to you it's know, offensive it's it's offensive well let yeah. me ask you this well, well, really, really uh, I, 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 Ewing actually just asked something that wait, I think wait, hold is, on it's a, it's a whole uh, thing yeah. we can do the Ewing thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I was going to say is the reason that this this strikes an odd chord in this movie and I'll phrase it in the form of a question so that Brian can answer it is suppose uh, Numi is instead of being a fucking idiot in Ridley Scott's not great movie um, suppose she's actually qualified to be making proclamations along the lines of what she made and she said this is the best theory I have and I'm very curious to find disproving evidence against it as opposed to I have a feeling does that amount to the same thing or is that a different thing entirely? No, because it, it basically, in terms entirely. of motivations, scientific... it explains the same thing. Yeah, it, it you guys are you... fighting the wrong battle here. She's a religious character. Like the whole point yeah. is that, like, she's well, completely a... non-science. They're trying to do, yeah. Well, they're trying to do a religious imagery it's, thing, it's, but they're it's not in saying... there. But it's not sharply. I'm not saying defined. it's done well, but right. I'm saying you should hate her character rightfully because she yeah. embodies all of those. I mean, I'm, perfect, I'm perfectly okay with with my right. My, no. the, way, the way I would state the plot right now is. She and her crack and her nutball husband convinced a billionaire of their stupid ass theory, yeah. Yeah, and he funded fine. an expedition. Yes. Great, that's fine. When they get their comeuppance later, 
which they don't quite get. Yeah. I would like that movie, but that's yeah, not what happens. Exactly. That, they're not. They're not. The the problem is that you're saying you're supposed to hate her because she's religious and she embodies all that those problems. But this movie is supportive of her. Yes. She is the hero of Absolutely. this movie. Absolutely. The one of the yeah. major problems. And that's with the it. problem. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I'm fine with having religious characters and as whatever our opinions are. Like I'm okay with people being religious. That's fine. And I'm okay with her being a religious character, but with people taking it at face value, it, it, no, well, it, she really shouldn't it, be the one spearheading this whole endeavor. Because like, if she truly was a believer, she wouldn't need yeah. like th- there would be completely different motives. At yeah, work it's, there, it's, you know? it's different, totally different mindsets. The the scientist is the one that goes, "Wow, I got to go find out for sure." While the the religious person goes. This is what I again, believe, I, so I'm good. I think the Lego That's the bricks fundamental are, difference between the do goddamn things in the first place. I think the Lego bricks are there; they're just not assembled in any coherent form no. in this movie. Yeah. Because it, because it all be of that a totally is there. Different thing. It would be a totally different thing if she like there was some acknowledgement of that as a contradiction within her character. Because human beings are three dimensional. Every one of us contains multitudes of yeah. contradictions yep. of our personalities. So if somebody were like, "Wow, you know, you're a great scientist, but you're also religious," that's interesting. Because there are plenty of scientists. How do you rationalize that? Yeah, how, do you how do you reconcile those connect things? Those two? But I have to buy into right. it. But, yeah. and, yes, uh, pivoting something off that Ewing asked in, in the chat, which I think is worth saying, he's like, because Ewing is a defender of this, and he said, you guys are so hard on this, but you're not hard on Star Wars, and isn't that science fiction? No. To which I would say <laughs> no. To which I would say no, and it was already answered in chat by Snail, thank you, Ch- Snail, yeah. who said, um, no, it's not science fiction, it's space fantasy, and that's the difference. And that's why, Trey, what you said at the beginning was so salient, because you had Star Wars, and you had, yeah. you had Alien, which were uh, very opposite movies uh, arriving at good storytelling, but the reason why I fell in love with the Alien franchise to begin with is that there is a grittiness and there is a realism yeah. to that world. It felt like our world extended. I mentioned that on the first Alien commentary, was that it felt like absolutely. our world extended to a logical yeah. conclusion. And Aliens did too. Aliens continued a- that a- Absolutely. Yeah. Aliens, and and to a less successful degree, so did Alien 3, now, as sure. I've come to appreciate it. It got later. more extreme, but my, yes, my problem was there. My problem with this, my and my there's an authenticity to the feelings, and there's an authenticity to a theme by all all those previous movies that say, okay, look, there is this giant mega corporation slash government super body that is in control of your lives and sending you off somewhere with underlying nefarious purposes. You know what I mean? A corporate, a corporate thing. And because of that, I mean, a lot of horror movies or a lot of like zombie or, or, or alien movies, it it boils down to, well, humans are the real monster. Alien (laughs) explains the same thing in a much more nuanced way, which is part of the reason why I love it. But here, and part of the reason why I can't attach myself to any point in this movie is that I don't believe in their mission because right. of all of these things that you guys mentioned, yeah. along with an aesthetic that is not consistent in my right. mind <laughs> to the overall feel of the, the grittiness, the dirt, exactly. the rawness of I, Alien and Aliens. I've, it's so inconsistent and incongruent. I can't, I can't get behind. I, I'm supposed to believe in their mission. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't believe in their mission. I could believe and identify with people being sent somewhere against their will by their bosses because that's life. Yeah. Just do the I'm, job. I, and I'm, I'm okay with all of that. Like I said, if only the back end of the movie supported that setup because we have the guy who said token said I think your theory is kind of bullshit. We've got the rock star geologist who's like, you know, you guys are all, you know, I'm just doing this for the money. But th- those are the guys who crack first and become pussies. Yeah. yeah. And and all that. It's like, if someone was still alive at the end who go, I fucking told you this was bullshit. Right. You know, to, and, and for her to go, she does go, we were so wrong, but she wasn't wrong. Most of everything she thought was right. Yeah. I think if we go to where the spots on the cave said, we'll find the people who created life. She was right. Right. Well, yeah. she shouldn't be right about that. Right. That's a bullshit thing the, the, that she a did. A big part and, of the, and, uh, well, go ahead. 
Go ahead. Well, story story wise, yes. Be, the the other aspect is she's right in the sense that she survives. Like meta story logic. Whoever survives the horror movie is the one that yeah. had the right philosophy all along. And that's, that's, and the fact that's that she's the thing. one that survived and that's is... Another thing and that's too. what makes this the opposite of every other alien movie. Because yeah. like you were saying, every other alien movie is about people who just stumble into a heinous fucking thing that they are not ready for. Right, but, but and, their and true the, characters are revealed. Well, their true characters are real, but the, the answer to the ultimate mystery in every single previous alien movie is... Get the fuck away from that yeah. thing. Yes. That's the answer. Yes. And the person who says that first is the lives. person who lives. Yes. Now, this movie was like, let's go poke that thing with a stick repeatedly. Everybody else will die. <laughs> <laughs> and and when she and at the end, she's like, let's go to the source yeah, and poke some more. Let's go poke all of them at that's, once. That's the thing. It's like, not only, not only, not only does she not ultimately get her comeuppance in the end, yeah. but... She has learned nothing. Yeah, she learned. She's gonna, and she and she's and again, the movie, the movie thematically and in what she says celebrates the fact right. that yes. she refuses to learn right. anything Good about for this you. experience. Well, and not only that, Good for that, you, and that's, your what, face. that's what makes Ripley such a dynamic protagonist in the yeah. series because in the first movie, she's not even she's not anywhere near top billing. She's not the focus. You have all these quote unquote more qualified people to handle the scenario yeah. they're in and. Again, her character is revealed. Her character is revealed through that sort of fire that they're put through. And then in Aliens, I think a brilliant thing was, okay, well, she survived that, so she's obviously the best one suited. No, space marines with giant guns. <laughs> and of them, the, the two that survive, the three people that survive, the little girl, th uh, uh, one of the marines who is not the lieutenant, he's not in charge, you know what I mean? He's just another yeah. grunt, and Ripley. Again, because she's the least, she's on paper the least qualified, but that's that's what makes a compelling story to me. This one, she trips, falls, stumbles, C sections <laughs> her way to victory, and, exactly. and like that's and I, we'll I, get to that because I have a wife who had a C section, again, and that's a whole yeah, other, that's a whole other thing. I, again, I, I, I uh -huh. what what was so great about Alien was that in the end, and 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 there was no magical. Here's how you kill the alien. There was like, well, if you blast it into space, it probably still isn't dead, but at least it's gone, and that's the victory here. Is it's not. Here anymore. That's the best you can do because thematically, that's what I, I still maintain that. That's thematically, that's what all the alien movies have been about. Right? Is there's shit out there that you can't handle? You there's no way right. you can handle it. Go for it. And to think that you can, that's hubris, and that will destroy. Mike's you. about to drop some Lovecraft. Go for yeah, it. Yeah. Well, no, no, I actually wasn't in you, and and I'll I'll let you handle that one for for um for what what I wanted to. Why, why I was thinking from the beginning that what this is, what Prometheus chose, before I even, before I even had seen that it was such a disaster, the fact was that Prometheus, one, once I'd heard things about it, this was a fundamentally wrong-headed approach to the Alien franchise, like you said, because the issue with it was, the th you know, they're, they're like, we're going to explore the origins of the space jockey, right? There's that whole iconic thing yeah. in Alien because where they discover the annoying space nerds on the internet want that I right that's a good story right but but the thing is what's so fascinating about the space jockey and what makes it so amazing and and is the sense that there is this entire universe of experience there's yeah. this entire thing that's fucking going on that humans have no idea that, that you know there's there's an entire world of, of whatever these things are that, that fly this this craft there's that and they accidentally ran across the alien and it went really bad for them and their ship is filled with these things and then we come across it and we have to deal with it and stuff like that 
and and just just the idea that that there's this exactly what you said there's this vastness that humans are not prepared to deal with and know nothing right. about and stuff like that and then you get to prometheus and they think you you see them talk about it on the the behind the scenes and they probably did on the commentary ridley scott thinks he's made the world bigger by having bigger vistas, you know, before it would, they were stuck in a ship and they were stuck in like a prison colony and stuff like that. He's like, but now we've made the universe bigger. Y he made the universe smaller yep. because now it's all about us. Because now we can see it. Yeah. And we can also see all that. But, stuff, it, yeah. but it also, it's also all to do with us, right, 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 which right, right. is fundamentally, like wrong. I said, yeah. wrong. Yeah. And it's not alien. Yeah, it's, like, it's not the yeah. alien it's franchise. Like, it's like, I think that, that these ultimate super beings, they made us on purpose for some reason. Unfortunately, we, that's what the movie says is true. Yeah. When the right. answer should be, no. the universe doesn't even know you're there, sweetie. It, the universe it, doesn't even care. And to, sh and to prove it, here's a fucking monster you can't defeat. Go. Right. It, Did you learn your lesson? It goes back to what you've talked about before, Trey, about the difference between uh, American and British uh, media in the sense that it, and it's which is interesting why you know the fact that Ridley Scott is is British too, but it's he's American this, now. This he's earned it. Yeah, he I mean he's been American, so, you know, in America so long. But the the sense that you know America is all about us and about how awesome we are and and our, how great our empire is and the fact that our empire is crumbling at the moment <laughs> yeah. in ten yes. to twenty years we'll yes. have awesome you know we'll realize we'll understand irony. Yeah, the hubris will have come and really finished biting us on the ass the way it has already happened for the British. And yes. if you look at the British kind of cultural mindset they they used to have that mindset and they don't anymore because the world did revolve around the british empire and now it's it doesn't empire, yeah. and now you know we're kind of going through the same transition and it's it's that fundamental idea of the fact that the whole universe fucking revolves around us when in fact it doesn't eddie you have a you've had your hand raised yeah no it's uh with <laughs> uh the the, the thing God. that sort of makes it fundamentally um alien to me like the, the the one of the best things about the original alien franchise i suppose the creature the xenomorph was not inherently evil it had no disposition it simply was it was a thing that's, you know there's the lovecraft connection it, and yeah. that's what i'm saying about the lovecraft connection and similar to what like what mike was saying is that it doesn't hate you it you're, like just, you're yeah. not important enough for it to care right and yeah. and so therefore the, the tiger doesn't hate you either the, the tiger just wants to eat the evil in the in and all the and regardless of what you think of, of of Alien Three and Alien Four, the, the consistent evil, the consistent antagonist in all of these, was uh, man's attempt to harness the thing greater and more scary than himself. And out of that, it backfired. And out of that, again, people people are revealed that way. Uh, the xenomorph is just a thing that you have to get away from because you can't attempt to control it. Those who attempt to control it or manipulate it or use it in any way, that's what causes all the death and bad stuff. Here, the engineer, they're like. Oh, hi, engineer head. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, hi, engineer punch. I mean, yeah. the, the engineer, like, it seems to have a, a loathing for yeah, us. There's like, a, there's beyond, a and, and I'm okay um, with that, too, because that was that's that's a, that's another acceptable way for her to learn the lesson. It's like, guess what? God didn't care about you. You're yeah. a lab rat to God. Right. I guess and that's and that's but but the movie doesn't follow through on that and it gets but if it gets to that point if you're gonna do that i feel like it gets to that point yeah. either way too late or it should have just not gotten there at all i think you the know issue, what i mean it, i think the issue is like these characters have the star trek motivation and they're not in star the star trek world like it, where we want to mm. seek out new life and new civilizations and right. say hi but they're in an alien movie, I want, so it's yeah, got to go wanna, the alien way. I want to point out that for me, like one of the weirdest things as I was first watching it that struck me is that we have so far hit no less than five 
earth-shaking, amazing revelations, <laughs> yes. which is we come into this place, there are, there are artificial formations. We go in here, there's breathable air, that's our breathable air. They go to this place, there's holograms and creatures. Of, of humanoid We've creatures. just found a dead body of an alien. It's like... Dude, this <laughs> yeah. is the biggest thing that's ever happened. And they're all kind of like, all right, you want to you go in there? And then, and then, then it's gonna gonna going to get compounded by emo scientist man in the next scene. It's going to go, we didn't actually meet God. I'm pissed. This whole mission was for it, shit. That like, motivation. Dude, you is, just yes. got, yeah. you have nine Nobel Prizes waiting for you. Yeah. That, is, so, and, that is the one that stopped me in my tracks. Too. So yeah. he's future hipster. Yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> totally future hipster. <laughs> what, what, what bothers me the most, uh, I... And I don't understand why they did this, but but I mean we're gonna come on the snake petting scene pretty soon. Mm. But <laughs> I don't understand why they ch- why they changed the because because again just scanning the Lindelof draft really quick. Fifield, the guy who gets scared and wants to leave, he's the botanist, not mm-hmm. the geologist. And Milburn is the geologist, not right. the biologist. <laughs> so it's it's and it makes oh, like there's a difference. They well, forgot their fields of study all of a sudden. The thing is, the thing is, it makes. It, it makes it make no sense with Milburn, the biologist who came to go like, oh shit, alien life, I gotta get out of here. Whoa! <laughs> I, was not, I was not expecting that. Not only that, <laughs> not only that, but then later on, again, the snake petting scene, it's like, okay, so dead alien life, way too scary. Live alien life actively threatening you, <laughs> adorable. Oh, it's so pretty. It's, it's you, a freak of girl. You <laughs> cannot... Oh, you, you look like a cobra vagina. Yeah, come it's here, like here. It, it's like, it's acceptable for him to be one of those kinds of stupid, yeah. and it works. It is not acceptable for him to be both <laughs> kinds of stupid. Yeah. Alternatively, like it makes sense if he's totally excited all the time, he should not be the guy who's who's leaving. Like, here's how to make it work, right? He, instead of instead of having. Fifield come at him like all aggro when they're eating breakfast for no reason. He and Milburn hit it off. They're like, they like each other and stuff like that, yeah. and it's great. Keep Mil- Fifield as the geologist, fine, whatever. But Milburn is like a complete, like, nut for for this stuff so he sees the bodies and he's nuts over it he's like this is the greatest thing blah blah blah. and he's inspecting it and stuff like that and then when everybody else freaks out and leaves he doesn't notice because he's he's so fascinated by all this stuff so they get to the the ship or they get to the 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 rovers and stuff like that and and they're like oh shit milburn's not here fuck he's still inside and and fifield's like okay He's kind of my friend. We met this morning, and we kind of like each other more than we like any of you. And I also have the map, so I'll go get him. You guys get back to the ship. And that's how they get stuck there. And then when they see the snake, Milbert has already been established as a complete spaz who doesn't understand how these things work. Who thinks everything's awesome. Who thinks everything is awesome. And then you can still have that scene exactly the way it is. And it was again, it was better in the script because neither of them was a biologist. And Fifield finds this thing crawling on him, almost like an Indiana Jones thing. And he's like, hey, check this out. And pulls it off him. And Milbert's like, oh, oh, shit. God, get it away. And he's like, huh? Huh? Like poking it at him. And then it attacks oh, Milbert. that's awesome. That's so much better. That's a lot better. This really, yeah. this whole thing is like, uh, and one of the reasons that I didn't, mo- as I'm going through it, didn't have as much of a problem with it, and I'm kind of willing to forgive it, is because from the tr- from the outside of the trailer, I did not expect this to be a sci-fi movie. I expected this to be a horror movie. Yep. So I really wasn't holding it to the same standards as 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 sci-fi. And so shit like that, I'm like, well, yes, of course he's gonna fucking like the snake and he's gonna kill the shit out of him. And it's like that's not good, but I understand <laughs> it in the, in the context of a horror movie. And that's fair. I mean. So- I mean, Alien, well, that, that's the thing is, Alien is a horror movie. It just is wearing a science fiction outfit. Right. It doesn't try yeah. to, like, talk about time travel or I, anything else. But I will point out that the big problem here is that this movie's 
declaration from the beginning is this is about the origin it's of tra- mankind. Yeah, We're exactly. on a scientific it's, this is, it's Asimovian, Kubrickian, yeah. quite, it's like all it, of that shit rolled into one. It's yeah. trying to put it's on, trying to, it's trying to put on the science fiction tuxedo and it doesn't know how to wear it. Well, here's know? the problem. That's not though. where the Cumberbund goes, dude. Here's the problem yeah, with you don't us wear that especially. <laughs> even as a demographic, <laughs> even as a demographic, here's the problem with us especially. We are, all six of us, those guys. We are the guys that read sci-fi novels. We're the guys who are, we, we've seen all the easy shit. We've seen the one one and one or two courses on sci-fi and at this point we love the promise from a reputable source of all right this is going to knock you on your fucking ass mm-hmm. and then and then it's this i mean it's 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 a it's a proportional grading at a curve problem when it comes to smartness in sci-fi right when alien guy comes out and says i'm about to knock you on your ass and give you a whole new idea for fun stories you can tell about the origin of humanity and then it's and then it's this yeah. i mean it's it's a scale thing yeah it's but like then- Stephen Hawking comes out and says by the way Okay, wait. One more thing. One plus one equals two. Yeah. But then you look at Ridley's reaction afterward, and he's like, fuck you, I knocked you on your ass. Mm -hmm. It's like, seriously, dude? All right. (laughs) I'm actually fine, Ridley. Yeah. No, you're on your ass. (laughs) You're totally on your ass. Once again, just outstanding effects, outstanding oh, yeah. everything. This whole I do sequence. think their little Fantastic. rovers are kind of re- are stupid yeah, in, design. Their, in their design, and they've got like this orange duct tape around that yeah. I always thought looked like something for tracking. Yeah, they didn't I remove. Thought so too. But <laughs> the the yeah the rovers are are a bad idea. It's it's, it's one, I mean one oh one of space rover design. Don't have anything with treads. Well, don't have like, anything. Don't have anything wait. open to the elements that you don't even know what they are. Elements, right. I get. Why you treads? Know? What's yeah. your thing with treads? They snap and then they're stuck. If you look at every uh, modern lunar module or any any rover, it's a thing called schwiels. It's a it's a wheel. <laughs> that, that's why the army no... doesn't use anything with treads anymore. No, no, but that's but you're not in space. space. Like, <laughs> what's what's different about dirt in space than this different dirt in Tunisia? No, no because you because you don't know. You don't know what we you're, do know. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, like, there's no difference. If, if you're going to a planet you have never been to, that you can only study the the. You He's know, talking the, about the unknown topography. I'm talking about unknown unknown topography. I'm I'm saying, and I and well, they, they but they're using the ones with the treads because this this is tread world that that will work here. I mean, regardless, I'm just saying, like if you look at every, I mean, if you talk to anybody, if you talk to any scientist who works in the field of of lunar rovers they say you don't want anything that can puncture that has that is you don't want it. it if it has to be self-contained and you can't repair it fair enough i get that i yes i understand they got a big ship with tools probably but yeah i'm just i'm just cool, saying nitpick like, fighting yeah, i know right? if it's on its own like i said to, to pick on the fact that there's treaded vehicles when treaded vehicles are kind of a standard in our world i mean that's mm. that, that just seems like yeah. that's he, I mean, he, there's he, much a, dumber stuff coming up a, yeah i, I am but I, but everything everything radiates at me now yeah. and that's now there's I, a now there's i wasn't a, i wasn't nitpick world in the in the following scene where i'm like with with what just happened first of all what was the point of that because nothing actually talking about the rescue scene yeah the rescue scene yeah. there was there was i mean it was, it was like it was like a we need an action beat there's been too much talking yeah it's like if you're going to have a scene like that you yeah. put it in because someone gets killed someone gets damaged something gets lost that's what happens within the rescue scene that's it changes something about the plot moving forward but nothing did they just it was like oh no oh we're fine now it seems to set up that david and there's a whole of the many unrealized subplots of which is virtually all of them in this movie that are someone had an idea and then someone else brought another idea in and they kind of left half the idea in place and it's just it's a big jumbled mess somewhere in here Someone is trying to say something thematically about the relationship between David and his creators right. and us and our creators, and I have no fucking idea what they're no, trying you're, to you're, say. Yeah. You're exactly right, actually. And in, the, in the commentary, Ridley talks about how really, I think, from, from my impression yeah. of it, that scene still exists or just exists because he thought that David walking around doing all this shit, pushing buttons and stealing shit, was like, this is totally a bad guy, and he wanted to introduce something yeah. that makes him 
a good guy. Okay, so wait, what? So the, Ridley I, thinks that David seems like a bad guy. He's he's thinking he right. Like an asshole. He's thinking rightfully act. that he has so far done all kinds of things that make him very suspicious. Very suspicious thing, yeah. but which I, is but, true because he's going to do the thing that that screws everybody right. in about twenty minutes. But, he's going to do the thing that that makes the. All the bad stuff, and, and he was much. He's he was much more clearly um, disdainful of of yeah. the humans around him in the uh, in the space trap. Now, and, and but, it, but I do I do just want to say one other ahead. thing about that scene, which is it's the the sound design. They're talking about like it's flying glass, and the sound design. It's like f- there's knives flying at a billion yeah. miles an hour, and they get inside, and their helmets aren't even scratched. Yeah, again, it's, a, it was uh, totally yeah, yeah. that yeah, was that's a production thing. Yeah, it, it is a production totally. thing, and it's a it's arguably a nitpick and fine, but it was still the kind of thing where. Where that that made it even more apparent to me, nothing happened in that scene. Exactly. Okay. Now I'm just gonna grab the floor for a second here oh, because yes. this yes. Is, here's the scene for me where I went, I'm out, and and I'm gonna. Here's my analogy for this. <laughs> there is here's my analogy on YouTube. Look it up. It's worth checking out. There is a series. It is called Written by a Kid. <laughs> it is produced by Felicia Day. And what they do is they get like a six, seven, eight year old kid, and they sit him down and they have him make up a story, and then they get professional actors to actually act out that story as described. The opening episode was great. It was about a monster that kills a milkman, and then the SWAT team has to come, because the kid doesn't is mispronouncing SWAT, and the SWAT team has to come to kill the monster, but the monster kills all the SWAT team, so the SWAT team commander has to get people house to house to volunteer to be on the SWAT team, and then they kill the monster. Um, and it's acted out by Joss Whedon and Dave Foley, and it's fantastic. I swear to God, this is an episode of Written by a Kid. <laughs> because Okay, so what happens? There's a monster head. Uh-huh. And they put it on a table, right? And they poke it with science. Uh-huh. What happens? It starts to talk. Cool. And then what happens? And then it explodes. Great. We'll get right on that. And then they brought this team of actors in. This is a missing episode of Written by a Kid. It's fantastic. I'm sure it is. Because there's no other explanation for how fucking stupid this scene is. There's not a single thing that anyone barely, does in this entire scene that makes any sense We barely probed this thing, but let's jam it full of a lot of chemicals. That might trick it into being alive. Exactly. Yeah. And why do we even expect that to happen? This is, is a, that what they do when they pull a mummy out of a tomb? Yeah. And, and, right. you know, like, because apparently cellular degradation is not a thing. Yeah. That apparently, yeah, we don't. Uh, maybe puppet, we can bring it to life. Maybe we can make it. You know, recite the the Goodwill Hunting yeah. screenplay. I don't know. The articulation. <laughs> the it, this is a this is a, a a puppet though, and I will say the articulation and it's a beautiful is one. fantastic. Yeah. A bunch, I, of, bunch say, of very like, talented people contributed well, to this shitty scene. Th- this scene. This scene bugged me, but not not. I mean, everybody has like the scene that says them off this wasn't mine for me but when i saw this i'm like you know what i hope they get revenge because that's fucked up like that's i hope they come back and start killing everybody because that's yeah, what at they this deserve point, this i'm point. like i want the engineers to fuck these guys up yeah, yeah. they just grab this guy's they grab bob's head and they just start a <laughs> poking his bob's head, head. Poking by the way it. that's something that and there's something to be said for the way you read a film afterwards being tainted by what you were expecting for the two first two thirds even though the last third didn't do it I still see this as a movie wherein maybe one day I'll pop in the DVD and the engineers it, okay the engineers will fucking wreak havoc on them for the last third of the movie and that's the first two acts are <laughs> humans are fucking idiots they don't get it and this is what happens and, when you and, do that kind of and thing and instead of uh, Numi Rapace doing her log at the end is an engineer going Look, I mean, we tried to be nice, but these guys were just fucking We stupid. sat there quietly, yeah. we populated planets and seeded life, and then they just came and started fucking Steve Irwinning in our eye. <laughs> yeah. by, by the way, it's it's amazing to me, this is the scene where 
where where uh, uh, David talks he to Wayland, has a chat with Wayland. Yeah. It's amazing to me that the movie thinks it's a surprise later that right. Wayland is yeah, on the ship. I know. It's no like, kidding. It, that's weird. obviously what just happened there. Now, it's like, why would you? Now here's a, here's another way that I could see that you could take all these Lego bricks and stick them together and 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 maybe come up with an ending, an ultimate ending that I would be happy with. I mean, okay, let's presume this this setup is okay. We're gonna go find. The the it's a very Roddenberry kind of thing, but hey, you know it's what the hell. Let, we're gonna go find the, our creators, you know, and and then of course you know in Roddenberry world, your creator is either a machine or a madman or a child. I mean that's a given. He did twenty episodes about one of those three endings, and that's fine because that's hey I'm an atheist and I dig that you know as an idea. But to kind of try and bring all these disparate themes together and and put it back in line with what an alien movie has always successfully been, which is there are things you can't deal with. What if and I'm just spitballing. What if we more or less as as played out finally awaken an engineer he can save us he can tell us okay great and instead of the engineer going all like king kong or hulk on them you know hey wow nice to meet you yeah we had some fucked up shit happen yeah so anyway you know nice to meet you creator there's one of these aliens did you let those fucking aliens loose we're screwed yeah if god goes you just fucked us did you let those yeah. things loose we can't handle that you oh. let the devil out and he's stronger Are you than me shitting yeah. me that's a cool thing we're screwed yeah. Yeah, you know that's that's the idea that see ya. Even, boom. even God has a thing. He goes, right. "Did you mess with?" The, I told that's oh, you idiots. Which it, you idiots. You brought right. Which is a lot. Which is a yeah. lot of early mythology. That's a lot. What you know, the concept of a god being omnipotent, omnipresent has not always it's been recent. the case. It's, 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 you a, used it's, to be able to piss off the gods. Oh uh, yeah. And well, so the god was just like, bigger and stronger and had more skills than you. Yeah, that was what a god. It's, was. it's from Zoroastrianism and, raw, and onward yeah. at that point in history. And and it, it well, even as we've talked about before, it doesn't even actually a exist in the old testament per se you can there are references to other gods besides yahweh other references to yahweh commandments you you should have other gods before me well what other ones are there (laughs) you're the only one i thought but there there are Allah is just the sun god yeah you know well there are there are straighter references to like because a lot of people interpret that commandment as being you know don't believe in false gods i'm the only real one but there are other references in the old testament that are like there are other gods. There's 45 I am gods, yours. but right. I'm the big yeah. one. Right, right. And and they're dumb. It's, it's all over in Greek mythology that yeah. you know Zeus and company are not omnipotent and omnipresent. Oh no, they're just better, stronger, smarter, live higher than the rest of well, us. They they subjugate the Titans and all this other. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that, no, but this is where I want to. I, I, I'm just stomping on Eddie's life force. What does <laughs> what is the reference? We we talked about it briefly in the intro. What is the reference to Prometheus in Greek mythology? Who okay. was Prometheus? He was the guy. He was. The, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, he he was a. Okay. So the, there are things called Titans, as in mm-hmm. Wrath of the Titans, which are actually a older <laughs> set. Of, as we all know from Wrath of the Titans. Yeah, as, as we all know, Clash of Wrath has been clearly. Explained. Well, that's what Clash of the Titans is. Is yeah. the, the Titans coming back? The older generation. So Zeus, gods, yeah. Zeus slash Jupiter, Ares, the pantheon, Athena, the, that pantheon of Greek gods, is actually was actually preceded by in Greek mythology the Titans, yeah. which uh, the father of them was Kronos. Uh, and there's a bunch of others, and Prometheus Gaia. was a was one of them, a yeah. Titan. So, so they were God? they were overthrown by Zeus and company yeah. in Greek mythology, and they were subjugated. They were cast down. And the actual, according to Greek mythology, they were actually the ones that created the world. Yeah, so they're yeah. like Balrogs. Prometheus. Yeah. Prometheus is it was a Titan that was on the side of the humans, right. and he stole he stole fire to give to the, the humans and and so, from the gods. Yeah. What and, happened to Prometheus? And he was well, he was punished he was, for he was that. He, was, yeah, he, was, he wasn't killed outright. No, but he, he was. was well, so he's, he was chained he's, to a rock, and, a, and, a, and an eagle ate his liver every day. Every day, it grows back overnight, and then it eats it again. 
for eternity. Fun. What's, and, well, and okay, so what's, that's, what's that's the metaphoric the, the metaphor. Well, the metaphor is the same as almost any creation myth. It's the same as the apple in the Garden of Eden and all of, uh, you know, the, those Forbidden kinds of knowledge. stories. Forbidden knowledge. It, you're bringing knowledge that was not meant for you as humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it belonged only to the gods. And you have taken it or some, it was given to you and now you are you have become more <laughs> like the gods in that sense. Which I would so, say the well, original Alien franchise does pretty right, yeah. well. Real kind quick. Of well, getting yeah, around yeah, I, I, I want to talk because, about what's happening right now, though. Real, real, real quick. If, like you to, if you can well, explain what's happening, well, I would what, love you to do it. Last one, real quick. In one sentence, what is the Prometheus relevance in a one-sentence pithy explanation? The engineers, of what about? the engineers brought life to to us. They created us. Right. They brought life from the stars. Right. Okay. So just trying um, to try to tack on to whatever Ridley knows about yeah. mythology, and, and also the ship movie, is named so. Prometheus. Am I right? Yeah. Um, but so yeah. So that last a scene on the nose. I thought I'm so if, more than uh, yeah. There's so much going on and so much that's wrong with it. Not the least, like we talked about already. It's like they found a like eight awesome discoveries and, and he's this like, guy's like pissed yeah he did, I didn't get to yeah. talk to them and you know whatever and and <laughs> not character. only that not only that but. Well, he's being an asshole to David for no reason, just so it's it feels justified when David is, you know, fucks him. Um, yeah. And the, I just, I wonder if there's, again, someone thematically was trying to get at, you don't respect your own creation right. because it's inferior to you, but right. again, it's what not makes clear. You, what makes you well, think that, that what created you is going to respect you, sure. Exactly. But, but the, but I mean, it's not the clear other, and it's not well done. The other problem is, he, the other problem is, it's like, He's all depressed because all the engineers are dead. It's like, you went to one house. <laughs> yeah. You went to one. Like, they could. There's probably yeah. more. There's probably more somewhere else. There could yeah. be th- millions of them. Maybe there's four. another star map in you that found cave. four <laughs> dead ones, and you have concluded that the entire species has gone extinct. I, I would, what is wrong with you? I, I would say Trey keeps, Trey keeps poking at this one thing, and he's actually right on, because he keeps saying, I feel like one guy has theme and another guy has plot, and then they just ram their action figures together, and then all of a sudden we have Prometheus. Yeah. You're actually kind of right, because... The story of this was, as, as told by Damon Lindelof, he was driving home one day and he got a call saying, Ridley Scott's going to call you in a half an hour. And <laughs> Ridley Scott said, hey, I somebody said I should talk to you about something because why not? Am I right? And uh, so I'm going to send you a script. And literally 15 minutes later, a dude showed up at, his do- at Damon Lindelof's door with a script saying, here you go. Read it. I'll be out here waiting for you. And when you're done reading, give it back to me and I'll drive it off. And... It was basically a more to avoid copying. And yeah, all that. it was more. It was the the script that he read, and I don't know if it's John Space original draft because the it, reason. Yeah, I'm sure be. it was one of the it later ones. It, well, because well, the reason why is because Damon be. said, as he described it, he said it was pretty much an alien movie as you would describe. You know, just yeah. ship. Alien, boo, ah, yeah. well, explode. That's, that's the space draft, yeah. Well, but but here's the thing. And the reason why I say that is because because it there was no he didn't make any mention to engineers. Like this was pre-engineers. I, he, I don't that. believe that's true. Okay, I, I'm, I don't think John, John Spates never wrote anything okay. that did not well, have well, fair fair enough, fair enough. that. Fair enough. But uh, so he said him and Ridley started spitballing back and forth like well I think it's good but I think you could touch on some of these other issues make and it then deeper they, and more meaningful and then they said and, and there was a line from Ridley from an interview I'll never forget which he said it was an alien prequel but then as we started talking we kept adding all of these things <laughs> yeah. that ended up making it be its own thing and it's like you can only add so much before it's just yeah. simply not a thing and anymore. Before it collapses under its own weight. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, Michelangelo said, "How do you make David?" He's like, "I take away everything that isn't David." Yeah, and right. nobody did that here. Well, let me ask. Let me ask Mike this. Uh, you, a, I, you, I, I was going to spend two seconds reaffirming that because that that is. I mean, and what what is the other quote that's like? You know, art is not 
It's what it's, you take. It's not it's, art when when there's nothing left to add. It's art when there's nothing left to take, to take away. away. Yeah. And Bruce Lee has the same thing mm-hmm. about martial arts. Absolutely. Says, you know, my goal is to forget. And so just I want to forget technique until I'm left with truth. The, 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 yeah, the bare essentials. So that is the crux and crucible of creativity of creating art and that is the exact opposite of what is happening here. Joss Whedon's third rule of writing is uh, when you're too long cut the thing you love most. Cut it out yeah. and that will free you up. Cut your favorite scene. Is it a long thing? Wow, that's, I hadn't even heard that but that's a really cool yeah. writing. Yeah. I mean, kill writing your babies. Directive. Kill, kill, your, kill your darlings. Let, let me ask cut your a favorite question. Scene. It's, um, it's, yeah. it's been said a lot. Yeah. To yeah. Mike about the script, what it's it's un, it's unfair for me to ask you to summarize thus, but what is better about the space draft than what happens in the Lindelof draft? It it spends more time, and and I agree with Trey that there's probably a middle ground for some of these things, um, and and it's more sin. This is erring on the side of certainly more cinematic and and moving forward more quickly. By the way, um, he's uh, Brian's going nuts beside me. I was going nuts <laughs> earlier at the same bit, which is the fact that their DNA is a one hundred percent match. Oh, he's yeah. he's yeah. mad about something else. Put me down but, for hitting that too. Okay, well, hold on. Let him. Let Brian him and take Trey it for just a second. Brian has something about well, the cross. I think. Well, yeah. I mean, going back to the whole bullshit aspect that that she's religious. So they say, okay, yeah, the DNA is a match, and they they created us, and we can say that kind of conclusively now. And he goes, oh well, I can guess you can take off your cross now and she goes well no because who created them and so we don't yeah. know that right and it's like it's tortoises it, <laughs> exactly that is exactly what it is it's tortoises all the way down mm-hmm. which is exactly what is wrong with religious thinking and why uh, um, hey now well, now it cuts its own legs out from its yeah. own art. It, it's just, it's completely on every semantic and logical level, completely just nonsensical. Well, why are you on a spaceship looking for the there answers? You go. Stay up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Why are you, why are you right. here if you don't want it? If, now, you, if your answer is already preconceived, then why are you asking yeah. questions? To ex- but, to, yes. It was mentioned in the beginning. I'll just reaffirm right now. We have four microphones and six people, yeah. hence all the bumbling and sound <laughs> yeah, to hear sorry. are people swapping mics. But I was asking uh, Michael right. about the difference between Spates and Lindelof. Ultimately, the things, well, well and again, there's, there's uh, apparently just having kind of scanned the Lindelof draft, there is a difference between Spates and Lindelof and the final product, or at least the, the released version of, of Lindelof. So we draft. can't throw this all at Lindelof's No, feet. no. And uh, so... Let's be fair. Yes, about yes. That. If, if, I, I clearly, think, clearly yeah. in the last, in the actual creation of the movie, there was also a deep level of lack of understanding of any of the. Right. I get the sense right. that I get the sense that Ridley Scott's kind of a spooky dude. I, I, get, the, I, will, I get the impression that he's kind of an old dude. Yeah, I want to say I want to say in the Furious Gods thing in yeah. the at the beginning, t- talking about the script, but also the people in pre-production and stuff. There was a, you listen to them talk, and they, they're very good at being diplomatic. But if you if you look kind of look between the lines of what they're saying, <laughs> they're essentially saying, "Yeah, we went in, we were doing great work, and then Ridley showed up and fucked us." <laughs> that, that's basically what they were saying all the time. They were like, you know, and but they would word it in such a way where it sounded like they were giving compliments to his genius and stuff. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, we we came up with all this stuff, and then the next day we come in and Ridley would have would have sketched all over it and and you know made changes and stuff like that, and then we'd follow it." And it's like, read Ridley That's what you say about a spoiled. Child, yeah, Ridley, Ridley yeah, came really. in and fucked up all our hard work. So um, that belongs on like, the refrigerator, like, not in my like movie if, theater. Yeah. It's like if you and your best friend are a dev team for an Android app, and then Bill Gates gets involved, and we're not interviewing Gates, we're interviewing you. <laughs> After the fact, you go, yeah. and then Bill came in. He was really smart. He had a bunch of good he had stuff a lot to of say. Input. We had a lot of input. Good input. Yeah, that's input. how it always goes. That's how yeah. it's always phrased. But then yeah. those guys a lot are of thinking, input. A lot of great oh my notes. God, just move out of the way and let us have our next generation. Now, I, it, I just on screen. 
this this act this actual scene makes no sense and is completely superfluous and is really kind of tasteless and awful. Where but it's he, fun. It, yeah. But it's fun. It's actually the most. Fun. It's, it's it, it is actually hey, a fun pe- scene. Is this two people acting like people do? Yeah. Wow. In and this movie, it's kind of fun. I will say one. I will actually praise this movie for a second. That I love Idris Elba's character and his yes. portrayal of the character. Yeah. Yep. yep. It's yep, such yep, a great like. He's the most. He's, he's, most he's a great. person. He's, like it, really he's the most person, dude. and it's a great. Except for he. He also is going to make at the last minute a choice that I go. I don't see why you made that choice just yeah. there. But besides that, he's he's a great example of taking fault. a standard trope and especially a standard science fiction trope and just flipping it right on its head as opposed to being like, I am the captain and by the book or whatever. Or, I am the captain and this is our mission. <laughs> he's more like, he's like yeah, okay. whatever, guys. I mean, I'm... I, yeah. It's, and, that's, and that's actually a throwback all the way to the first alien of Dallas. It's like, look, I fly the ship. Yep. I work for the company. We, we do what we got to do. Yeah. This is how it works, you know. Was he, he, he's he's very much a throwback to, to Dallas. I think. Yeah, was I he agree. was he at the at the briefing at the beginning, or did, did yeah. he choose? Yeah, yeah, they were all in the, in the script yeah. again. Even more than that, in the script, he's he's you know decorating his Christmas tree and stuff like that. And uh, the you know Vickers is like, we're about to start the briefing, and he's like, okay, and he keeps decorating his, the tree. And she goes, don't you want to know why you're here? He's like, no, isn't yeah. that why you paid me? Yeah. Isn't that there why you, you hired me? I, I fly the ship. Yeah, I fly there the ship. Go. I land the <laughs> ship and then I take off. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, as to your question, I think what what makes the scripts um, and and particularly the further you get I like back how you from pluralized. the movie, yeah, the the further uh, you get go. back from the movie, the better <laughs> the better they kind of get. I think is that first of all, they know what they're doing. They're going, I'm an alien prequel, and I'm finding a way to start from this point and get us to the crash ship on LV-426. Boom. Yeah, duh. There, done. <laughs> um, but also because all of the, what, what's very fascinating to me, what was fascinating to me about reading the space draft is how closely, on a beat-by-beat level, this how is. closely it is the same movie. Yeah, but, but they're not. But they're not because everything that's done... In the yeah, so here's the the cobra clearly being uh you know thre- okay. threat yeah threatening. This is the scene where he fucks with a snake yeah. and the snake bites him and everyone's surprised. And yeah. we're all this supposed is, to go. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, this is called. Well, we d- we do. Uh, we are yeah. supposed to see that coming. That's where the tension is. But how he didn't see that coming is just inconceivable. Yeah. For anyone in the room, was this a was this a turning point in their viewing experience? No, I this was, was my first then. laugh out loud, and this was one of six <laughs> yeah. moments this, where I said, "I don't fucking care." Like, break your arm. Yeah, I don't for, give me, a shit. for me, this is like, almost like I can't believe they went with the oldest, dumbest horror trope yeah. of, "Oh, this can't possibly hurt me. I'm going to poke my face <laughs> right up to it." It's like. A bunch of grown people all did that. Did did not one person go, excuse me, but isn't this the single most cliched horror trope It's not teenagers. It's 30s, 40s, and 50s-year-olds writing a thing. We're scientists. And I want to make a point about this, because this bugs me a bit. Um, The first two Alien movies are scary. They have legit scares in them. Ridley Scott, If you've not seen them. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Gotcha. None of that scared me. And yeah. I, I was thinking about this a lot, like after the first time I saw it, like, why wasn't I not scared? Because it's graphic. But when you look at the face huggers, 
you're told through just people talking like, oh, it's got an ovipositor and it's laying its egg and it's, you know, what you, you understand that, but you don't see it. Like you just yeah. see this, you just see this mask over a person's face it's and clasp it's, of horror it's almost, yeah, it's almost worse. Yes. You know what I mean? It's all, it's, it's worse than seeing a, 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 I don't know how many times in this movie things go in people's mouths. Right. Like it just, just for yeah, the shock, which, is, which is always implied. I mean, there's, there's yeah. part of, part of alien, Whoa. the whole, the whole mythology of, of, mm. you know, how, how of the alien movies is there is this sexual, yes. you know, rape analogy thing that goes on. And it was always the, kind of like disquieting and unsettling, but, as as the movies have gone on, it's become more and more overt. And, well, yeah, and, and like know, and, and more and more right there. And, 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 and what's crazy I, is I was anyone hoping... could think that something compared to what H.R. Giger wrote and image and, and drew pictures of could be any more overt than that. This weirdo vagina attack thing that he had going on with his right, designs. but but I, that's already pretty. I obvious. really do feel like designers like, hey, let's out vagina each other, guys. Am yeah. I right? Like, <laughs> let's let's out sexual organ each other. Hey, this thing has seven penises. How uh, yeah, great! I, I, <laughs> like, I made one that starts looking like a penis and then opens into a vagina. Didn't and then me. inside the vagina is three penises already. Yeah. I mean, come on. Actually, like, actually, t- t- in the in the uh, you know the the Furious Gods thing, they they do talk to Neville Page, and he talks about ultimately the you know the big the the proto yeah. face hugger thing, and he talks about he's like I have never drawn so many vulvas in my entire life. <laughs> right. Like he he and I was it, thirteen once. Yeah. yeah. He called it he he even referred to it I think as like the you know he didn't call it the vulvinator, but he had some t- some name for it <laughs> yeah. like that where it's like where he's like he he knew what was happening. Well, you know, was like, that's what they there, wanted. There, there's me and Rachel's girl name if we have a girl. Now name. we can. Uh, I'm gonna take a step back and just get. It you want to name your daughter the vulvinator? <laughs> the vulvinator. What? <laughs> I'm daring child services at this there point. There you go. I, I jump back because at this point also in the movie for me the first viewing of it and, and even in subsequent viewings where I've actually tried to like graph it it's like just from basic filmic storytelling issues are like they keep finding more and more crew to pop up on this ship <laughs> that we don't remember ever having seen before just to kill them in various weird and stupid obligatory ways um, because it seems like we've already you know, everybody went to the sh- went to the alien you know dome the first time but no there's a whole ship full of people still there and then when when uh, you know old man Pierce gets revived he's got a whole crew of people where, where, who are these people now where did they come from were they there the whole time and then so the point when people get start getting killed and get torched and turned into zombies and whatever else it's, crazy used, shit it's useful on. red shirt syndrome exactly yeah. but it's like it feels like they're literally coming from somewhere because I guess the only chance you would ever know is if you look very closely and actually count heads in the briefing scene. <laughs> like, oh, I guess there are 47 people on this ship, yeah. really. I would love it if they're like, we're running out of crew, unfreeze 10 more. Unfreeze yeah. 10 more cannon fodders for us. It's like Moon at that point. Yeah. But um, uh, going back to, to the question you asked a little while ago, T, one of the other things that makes the scripts better is that things are justified. Um, yeah. Right here, right here, you you come to the end of the pro. It's like in the in the scripts, it's like this happened, then this happened, then this happened, because of because of because of ben. because of because of because of, and then you know a, a leads to B leads to C leads to D. Whereas in Prometheus, it's like and then D, and we're like, wait, what? Why is that? <laughs> going on that's not like the, the whole five field thing that we're about to see where he's zombified and, and weird in the previous drafts when it was about people becoming infected with this genetic material from the scarabs and stuff like that on this planet where they've created the aliens 
these scarabs now have alien genetic material that they infect Fifield with, and that's where that all comes from. But now Wait, it's that like that makes that's sense. Where, Hold that's up. where your xenomorph comes from. <laughs> that's where yeah. that's Hold not. Up. He's a, well, he's a proto xenomorph, but right. it's that's why his head is being distended. That's why he's right. become this aggressive well, thing, and he's attacking them and stuff I like mean, that in a as a as a warning to you know to to the audience of of what's to come, and as a foreshadowing of of he that is here that that thing is here, and he's been infected with it. But the pure form of it. Is is, is still here ready to be unleashed. With regards to life form design, in a sentence, the xenomorph thing, that yeah. what was originally seen in Alien and Aliens, is we're seeing the human-xenomorph combination, and that's, their, that's the trademark of what they're doing there. Right. They form against a sort of hybrid of themselves and whatever they just touched last. Right. That's what's happening. That's why it looks, at the end of this movie, sort of like an alien, but sort of not. Yeah. It's because, Even though their DNA is identical yeah. to ours. As yeah. people have pointed out, that doesn't make any sense other than to be an homage to, to an to alien, alien movie, even though there's no reason for it to look like that yeah. when it comes out. Right. Uh, Trey, did you have a thing? Because I have a, I have a thing here if you've... I, I didn't I have one on deck. Other than, uh, I was keying off the whole idea that, that from here on out, the movie continues to devolve into... A really sad series of <laughs> of horror movie tropes of yeah. like, and now this guy's a zombie, and you have to kill him, and you have to flamethrower him, and it's like I don't, I don't even know why any of this shit's happening well, anymore. The, the the other issue is just like with the with the uh, you know the silicone storm scene or what whatever is in the storm. I think it was, but anyway, um, it's like oh no, a zombie monster, it's dead, and that affected nothing. Oh no! Holloway yeah. is turning into a thing. He's dead, and ultimately affected yeah. very little. We learned you know, nothing it, from that. Yeah, we we have learned nothing from that. The plot has not advanced from that. There was no point for that to happen, other for other than for it to uh, hopefully upset and disturb. Now us. we were sort of talking about it of other things and various things during the scene, but did we even get to the point? Did we ever have established whether it's in the movie or in a draft that we never got to read? Why David infected emo? Emo Phillips there? Yes. Would you like an answer? Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> is as, it in the movie best, or is it something that we read online? I, we, we didn't explicitly say it, but yeah. the, the people Mike was talking about earlier probably included me on Facebook. In, in sort of just for sport, I started defending the movie in as much detail as I could. Please, why, why does just David for give, give a drop of, of black goo to, uh, okay. to Sad Boy? So. And bear in mind, I'm kind of on Ryan's side here in, in terms of movies. Uh, that may be not wise. Um, so no, I know okay. you're about to fall on your fucking sword. I mean, I'm with you, man. Let's do this. No, I mean, I'm just sort of as, as, as I could infer from watching the movie, and then later as as proven true by the commentaries and scripts of the the writers. Um, so the idea would be that uh, David uh, it goes into speaking with um with, with Wayland, and Wayland is all he's interested in doing is he wants to talk to an alien because he wants immortality. Which of course at the end he comes out, and that's really the two dimensional motivation for all of this. So he's basically telling David, anything you can do that brings me closer to there being some sort of alien life form uh, I want to have happen. And so then he goes and he gets his black goo, he steals the stuff, and he pulls it out and then deci- decides the whole conversation at the pool table. Whatever magic bullshit you can do, just do it. Yeah. He's asking him for permission to infect him basically and go maybe this, maybe this is magic black juice that cures everyone or maybe it will turn you into some sort of an alien who can communicate or operate this stuff or something like he doesn't have the end answer but he's, he's going just out completely he on a limb yeah he just thinks it'd be neat basically that's why he does it <laughs> okay. just like everything else he's just poking at everything because he thinks it'd be neat that's exactly that's, right. that's how okay. he is in this movie in the in the in the previous uh drafts by the like the john spates draft um two things that are better uh uh 
uh, adjust it. Number one, they don't take off their helmets just because they find out the air is breathable. They don't do that. Um, Holloway ends up getting separated from them, gets lost for a little while. They find him again. He's got his helmet off. The reason he's got his helmet off is so you don't find out until later he's been face-huggered. So he's got he's got an alien right. implanted him and stuff like that. If you'd seen the, if they saw the helmet, they'd know something was wrong because the the you know the uh, faceplate would be missing. But so that's where where that all uh, ends up happening. So David has nothing to do with that specifically in that version. When they decided, oh no, we're not doing alien anymore, and we're not doing face huggers and stuff like that, they still decided for some reason Holloway had to get infected. <laughs> Oh, oh, so he could so he could implant this thing in her, so they could do the MedPod sequence. That's really the only reason right. that the Holloway part of the plot is is vestigial in this anymore. Th- this was this scene here was my final fuck you movie. You I fuck you uh, because and what tipped me off was the score. And at uh-huh. this point, I realized. Th- this it's, th- so it's it's amazing, wonderful. It's like before uh, the episode, he compared it to Jurassic Park. I'm serious. Like it's, 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 it aspires to be that. And it's, it mirrors the cue in the opening scene with, with the engineer doing that. But it's like, you realize he's talk like, this is a map to infect the gal. Like, that's what you're trying to tell me right now. Why are you, why are we as an audience supposed to, if, if the, if the score is to give permission to my feelings here, like, why do I, you want me to feel this, this way is triumphant. in the that's middle of your horror movie? It's scoring David. Who's as close to an actual bad guy as the movie has. Right. Really. He's apparently in another movie. I, I, I wasn't aware of that. As a devil's advocate, yeah. I would say that the, the composer was given the note, do wonder. Yeah, well, yeah. clearly that's but the case. why? Why or, was that or wasn't, choice Or wasn't made? told that's the wrong Ask choice Ridley, when he delivered wonder. But yes, I think... Exactly I think right. It's Ridley, man. This yeah, certainly this is, would be a, it certainly would be a totally different scene if it was like, oh my fucking God, yeah. says the music, and David is going, it's beautiful. Then you go, oh, we're in some serious shit now. No, no his same facial expressions, you put a Leggetti score underneath exactly. that, and that's the creepiest shit exactly. ever. Exactly. He's, he's, he's insane. He's, he's lost insane. His oh mind. my God, oh this fuck, is oh fuck. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's a really weird choice. He's... He's got all the power now. He yeah. knows yeah. everything. But, and, but yeah. the music could tell us, and that's bad. Yeah. yeah. I, I've, been, I've been having this on deck, and this is as good of a time to, to say this thing now because I th- we're about to get in some really big, oh my God, fuck you. Um, but <laughs> The movie just can't stop th- fucking us. Yeah. Uh, but we're just that hot. I, I, said this, I said this just prior to recording. Like, I don't think Damon Lindelof is a bad writer. I, I think, don't either. I think he's a good writer, and I think he's capable of a lot of good. And if you watched lost from the beginning like you, you'll see you'll see that yeah the problem with i love lost the, until it gets weird that's the thing the problem is and i said this is that damon lindelof doesn't i don't think he understands why people like his stuff and i think he focuses on the wrong things of what makes his stuff successful trey and i were big lost fans because at around second third season it let its freak flag fly <laughs> yeah. and it said we are a dyed in the wool sci-fi series on, on prime television with a budget with yeah. good actors good directors and fucking hawaii yeah so i mean and, so, we, were, and we were from day one we just weren't telling right. you yet and, and it's been a slow burn and guys yeah. like me and trey were like this is awesome this is, this is what my life has been leading to this is great yeah. and as trey and i both know from separate sources high on yeah. uh, it was not supposed to be a magic bottle of Jesus juice with a cork in it that's yeah. what the island it was wasn't a good be. wizard and a bad wizard no it, I mean there were there was a good guy and a bad guy but they were supposed mm-hmm. to be very different things but what happened was along the way people kept I think I, I can only speculate but people kept telling 
Damon that like, wow, you know, there's a lot of emotion, a lot of power and a lot of truth. And it touches on all these sort of theological, metaphysical things that really resonate with me. And he's like, oh, that's what I do good then. And so <laughs> yeah. then he, by his own admission for people who've had this conversation with him, he reconceived the origin of Lost to be just that so that they're all in heaven waiting for each other to give each other a big hug before they say goodbye. And I think that's when he applied, oh, well, I, well here are the things I'm good at. It's injecting you know, junior college level comparative religion yeah, into exactly. my science fiction. Well, how yeah. does that it's, how does that fit into the Prometheus world? Same thing happened here. Everything we yeah, everything we same thing. Everything it's, we've discussed. I mean, it, you know, the the Numero Pace character specifically is a manifestation of that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it, and it's it's really Scott too. It's this like. It's people coming up to Lindelof and going, "Yeah, you you really like spoke to me, and you were you were you're really saying something with what you're writing." But Lindelof's not actually saying anything. He just he's kind of making pretenses at saying things, but he doesn't actually have anything to say. So he, when he when people come back to him and that, yeah, really like the ideas and you know, however that comes back to him, the ideas and the the themes and whatever, he's going, "Oh, then I must be deep in and saying deep things." When you're yeah. not, when you're it's, it's, a sophomore level, well, that's that's, right. that's what we call Roddenberry syndrome, yeah. right there. Right. To be, to but be, the, but the the I, I'm not so sure about that because I mean it depends on what version you believe or whatever else. But 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 Spates delivered a a workable you know early draft, and and you know the way the process works is okay. The, the writer has delivered a draft. I'm going to read the draft. Eh, I'm not sure this is quite the movie I want to make. Do I bring that same writer in and say, here's what I'm thinking about this draft. Let's talk about your next draft. Who then revises his ideas and re reformats them. Or do you go, let's maybe see if someone else brings something else to it. Well, clearly that's what happened is Lindelof was like, well, let's see if that Lindelof guy wants to take a hack at it. Send him the draft. Let's talk to him, see if he's got any good ideas. But the way Lindelof has talked about it is, is from what I've read, he says, you know, Ridley said, look, this is going to be a perfectly fine sci-fi adventure it's kind of like alien all over again i'd kind of like to be more and bigger and have a deeper thing to it you know what sort of ideas might you bring to that Lindel you know it's a, it's a paying gig you know lindelof was asked to come up with frou-frou wacky right. nutball ideas as has happened lindelof comes in with some question marks and yeah and says which well, is how he came to lost for example well, it could be yeah. this thing instead of a standard sci-fi you know adventure it could be what if it had more elements of this to it and ridley said i will pay you to put that on paper and right. lindelof did so you know it's not like lindelof grabbed control of this project and yeah. ruined it for yeah. everyone. There's a lot of hate for Lindelof that is not deserved. <laughs> to totally, I mean. absolutely fair. And that's why I said at the beginning, like I think this is both Lindelof and and Scott, and right. at least in this case, the majority of that blame or whatever you want to call it lays at Scott's feet. Absolutely. Now, and, I mean, and, and, well, Lindelof even, I mean, he's the kind of person who, he, you know, he's very active on Twitter and and is aware of his haters and stuff <laughs> yeah. and, and responds yeah. to them. Totally aware and, of it. And there was a, you know, there was an article about like the eight... You know the eight biggest unanswered questions about uh, uh, from Prometheus. Mm -hmm. There was and a YouTube video it. of the thirty-five yeah. most. Yeah. He tweeted it, or, or yeah, he tweeted that video. I think, and he was like, "I don't know the answers either." Yeah, no. and and there's well, bear in mind. I, I, on the one on the one hand, okay, but on the he other hand, he didn't write most of the questions. Yeah. On the other right. hand, like yeah. a friend of mine said, he was like, "It's funny because that's your job." Yeah, <laughs> I, I get yeah. that. I mean, but I, w I will say this. Um, you know, as as Brian once pointed out in another commentary, you know, that John Favreau had that quote that a director's primary responsibility is tone and or primary contribution i should say is tone of how all these things are executed how you know yeah, a, 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 and and so and my main issue with this 
and there's not that there aren't plenty of script problems, but my main issue is is the tone and how all these things are executed. Like Trey yeah. says, sort of how these blocks come together. Some of it's on the page, some of it's in performance. A lot of it is just in what I think Ridley is going for, and it just it, it you know it's a triple jump that only lands twice. You know, it, it's it it doesn't quite get us there. Well, let me ask uh, let me ask Ryan this because we've cast a lot of aspersions here in the last eight just minutes. Push the microphone out of Eddie's way. Well, I was trying. Well, I was gonna I'm just gonna say we've cast a lot of aspersions here against Lindelof, uh, not as much, but a little bit towards Spates and quite a bit towards Ridley Scott. I mean, what about all of these things that we've been talking about? Do you think are coming on too strong or too hard? I mean, do you think we're we're throwing people under the bus? that they had well, good intentions we're not and it just didn't work. nearly enough. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. But, uh, I mean, do you think that this is all warranted? Yeah. Sure. No, I mean, like, I, I will, I will, I will, I will speak out of both sides of my mouth and say that, like, I can, I can probably defend this movie farther than most could if, like I said, you're willing to fill in potholes and just sort of extrapolate and go, all right, this makes sense to me. This is what I think is going on. I think on. this is and, what they meant. And that carries through and usually works out and then was later, like I said, corroborated by the writers. But, at the same time, you shouldn't have to do that. You really shouldn't. And, uh, and, uh, like Eddie is saying, I think a lot of the tone is, you know, it's it's very mix and match, and it does feel like something that kind of got Frankenstein from a lot of different sources at, at the script level, and then Ridley didn't care enough beyond a, oh, I'd love to have this scene of this and this scene of this and this scene of this to really actually put together okay, a good asterisk. movie. So now we're here. Yeah. And go. Oh, yeah. Brian? Okay, so they bring along this MedPod thing, right? <laughs> I think you're going to go the same place I there's am. Only oh, so, there's... there's only so many of these. There's only like 12 MedPods on the planet right. or something like that. Uh and specifically, uh, what's her face? Uh, Cameron Diaz or whatever her name Sh- is. Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. Gloria Swanson. Charlize Theron brings, yes. Theron, a female, do... brings along this med pod. Numi Rapace goes to use it. And the med pod says, sorry, well, I'm wait, not configured well, on, for women. On, I mean, just to be, that, just that, an interest of fairness. I'm a, it is, I'm a boy med pod. It is Whalen's pod. <laughs> yeah. He brought because he thought so, he was going to die. That is, that is obviously but set like, there again to be a, to to you know. The reason that's there is to, is, is to be another mysterious, like, ooh, yeah. and then the, you get the Wayland reveal, even though you already know that that's what that's for. But, like you say, this amazing technology, there's only 12 of them in the world. Really? You have to, like, it's so not just... Are there six boy ones and six girl yeah, ones? That's not, that's not something that you can... That's not just Junior edition? Switch yeah. you can toggle? Being no? the most advanced no, I, sort of medical piece of technology in the world, I I, I bet I could tell you have boobs. You could load both hard disks up. Now, like, uh, well, first of all, there's not, you know... Yeah, shit, mo- I, can, I can boot OS X and Windows, yeah, for, no problem. Yeah, that's right, you, it's, I still come a on. hack and pod. Yeah. But, I mean, for, for one thing, for one thing, you know, a woman's broken leg is not any different from a man's broken leg, I don't think, right. in any substantive <laughs> way, you know, Things well, like she that. cries more. It's like, yeah, it's, that's true. Just, yeah. She, she is technically asking for one of the only female specific exactly. things. Exactly. Really and, and that's Wayland's the thing is, is just fucking, it's built now, for actually, well, that, but, but what's on, funny is, that's the thing, is though, that's the thing. If you just rephrased it a little bit, then it yes. still totally works. Yes. Because if she goes, okay, I need this, and it goes, oh, I'm not programmed for cesarean. Fine. Why would it? Even if it, if, right. even if it is for women, idea, which, yeah. which, whatever her name is, Learn yeah. Quick. Which yeah. reminds me, it's, which, which leads exactly. Me. It doesn't have to be like because I'm a boy med pod. It's like yeah. cesarean, cesarean. You want a person to do that, sweetie? I, I'm not. I'm just a fucking med pod. Yeah. I don't do that. Which, which leads me, which leads me to my point about this. This was obviously written by somebody whose wife had a cesarean, yeah. uh, because as the only guy who here has actually been live for a cesarean, yeah. Um, Real cesareans are worse. Yeah, this is. The, I, I want to yeah. say that right. I've now. heard that. Yeah, this I want to say that right now. This is the best, and the, as far as 
you know, you're, you're talking about tone and stuff like that. As far as making a hey. straight up horror movie with this sci-fi trapping, this, yeah. this movie did it. This, this is an outstanding. I mean. We got this here. We got here by trickery and deceit, yeah. but we did get here. We did. Yeah. No. I and I <laughs> and I appreciated fine. this. My problem is is and this is what a lot of people online have kind of zeroed in on is the fact that she gets staple gunned here, and yeah. that's fine. But uh, just, again, she's running around. My right. wife had a cesarean. A, it's w- way too high. B, uh, and yeah, you know they get around that by saying abdominal. But, um, but my wife couldn't even stand in the shower on her own days after the cesarean happened. All they needed to do was one little spray thing and say, "Advanced cellular regeneration spray applied." Right. Yeah. Done. But Whether there's no staples. fucking way <laughs> yeah. that she's literally just getting Isn't super it? glued shut. Yeah, Isn't it in the know. space draft that they uh, say, like, liquid bandage? Yeah. yeah. And the space draft, not only do they do that, but they invert it so that she's not the one leaving the med pod. The thing is the one leaving the med pod. Right. And so she's she's in it for, like, you know, there is, like, an advanced healing protocol or whatever. Yeah. She's in that thing for, like, God eight hours. It. She's in that thing for, like, eight hours. And when she wakes up, this thing has, it has you know, grown just like the xenomorph does. It's not the xenomorph, but it's, like, the right kind of goblin shark thing that you see in the, the behind the scenes like the yeah. white pseudo xenomorph and it's like eating a crew member and then there's this entire scene where it's like that thing is right out there and the the med pod it's the med pod open. the med pod is on like a timer it's got like an eight hour thing and it's <laughs> it's go, a 30 seconds away from opening biscuits are done and yeah. very yeah. and very loudly declaring that it is done and getting that thing's attention and so there's a great scene yeah, there better. and there's a great that, scene of her escaping why is that not like in that. that's so that's like a thousand times yeah. better yeah. than yeah. what we see that, yeah while, while, while you were sleeping uh, some shit went down yeah and uh, now you have to deal with it yeah now here's where the movie's like again now you're just making shit up movie I mean what and and he's turned into a spider thing. Okay, what? And he walked all the way back under his own power. I, it, it does feel like the movie is trying and the, and to... This, this guy's standing here just like, this uh, is interesting for me to... Right. Yeah. Now there, I'll there's just an, stand here and be dead. The movie kind of thinks it's, in doing these scenes, explaining to you how the goo works. And that's like, oh, there were worms, and then the goo the goo infected them, and then it became like a cobra snake where, where thing. Where did those worms come from, by the way? That's uh, a, that, that, yeah, that's that a was always question, unclear, yeah. too. It's like, I, well, yeah. you know, there, there's worms on the planet It's like, oh, or so something. this is what happens when it gets a human, and it's like, Some people okay. think it's like it fell off of it, the worm fell off of a guy's boot, so it's actually an Earth-type yeah. worm that then gets yeah. mutated. To move away. Again, doesn't matter. Sorry, briefly, but... Nice suit. To move away from micro-scale nitpick stuff about why Prometheus doesn't work, I want to look at the macro for a second. Well, you're looking at a scene right now. It's a good example. I know. But but generally speaking... By the way, uh, in the the behind-the-scenes, they spent a lot of money making a CG version of him, only to decide that they were going to go with what they shot on the day. Here's my thing. Um, uh, Allow me to stack stack several thoughts upon each other. They're all thoughts that will require your generosity to... Bear with me, but here's my idea. If Ooh. if it is the case that Prometheus was written with the hope or intention that someone would read all the subtext and assemble the text for themselves from what is happening, even though it doesn't make sense literally, if that's the case, and it's a subtext-based interpretation hopeful experience, what is the difference between modern Ridley Scott and David Lynch? I mean, David Lynch is playing in similar... F- ground if you're going on the look you have to kind of just feel the movie and kind of get a sense of what it's trying to do as opposed to reading it and literally and, and you know highlighting sections and saying this is stupid what's the difference between them Ridley Scott is still trying to tell a narrative movie with uh, a clear plot well his definition of a clear plot that I makes see. his way through David Lynch, Lynch is, is less he's an impre- he's he's a little more lyrical a little more impressionistic yeah. a little more you know relying just on imagery as opposed to actual narrative and I mean this still has a narrative <laughs> we yeah. just don't like it well yeah, in the I chat don't. that's perfect because in the 
chat, Ewing says, David Lynch knows it's weird and shit. Exactly. <laughs> you Ridley don't, Scott thinks this is normal. You don't go to a David Lynch movie going, thinking, summer blockbuster, thrill ride. Right. You, yeah, you go when, to like, oh, this is going to be some trippy fucking shit that I'm probably not even going to understand. And and that's why I don't go to David Lynch movies. Right. At the end. I don't care. At the end, when they're, in a theater, in when they're in a theater and somebody goes, Silencio, you're like, ah, that's bullshit. Yeah. Or maybe you do, but not for the same reasons, you know? Was that a reference to a Lynch movie? Yeah. Here we, here okay, we have well, the, I, I wouldn't the, have very, seen it, so there the you go. very old Wayland, which of course the whole famously. I, I, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. No, I, I mean, it's sort of like everyone came out asking the same question. Was like, why was it Guy Pierce yeah. and yeah. old guy makeup? It's the because there was a whole other thing going on, right? And that's, well, and that's and my well, you know, there was that viral video of the of the faux TED talk, yeah, yeah. Like, which I, I've that, still never seen. I want to see. It's, it. it's fun. The whole it's reason. fun, but it's like that. It's that ain't no viral video. That's a deleted scene. That's a deleted. That's, <laughs> that's exactly a deleted right. scene that they cut out and said, "Well, we'll call it a viral video." And, and he, we'll, he did explain that, and I always felt like, "Listen, it's okay. He can be Guy Pierce in the past and get an old guy now. We'll get it. Yeah. He's called Wayland. Sure, yeah. Here's, exactly. We're with Here's you." Here's the thing. They because the idea was originally. Originally, it was going to be, yes, we're going to show him at a normal age, but then we'll need to have him in an old age makeup. But they didn't even get to the point where they filmed him as normal age. Right. No. So, but so they still, seems, no, still... they did. That's what the TED Talk is. Yeah, but not in the movie. Right. That's, what I'm not, not That's a deleted scene. It's an actual deleted scene. But, but there, that but is my are, contention, that yes, there, that, there that, were other that was not, in the movie. There I, thought, were I, thought you're, I thought you were there just... There were other non-TED scenes, like they were actually involved with the plots, that they didn't even get to filming. Well, last thing, and last time to rise this up out of the nitpick zone, because that's where this movie belongs... But one last thing. <laughs> um, I've, I've heard, and this is tangential, but I want to go there for a second just to lighten the mood. I, I've heard that this old age makeup is shit. And here's my thing. A, yeah, it doesn't look good. B, you know what it does look like, though? It does look like the old age makeup in 2001. And I wonder if that's a conscious decision or just bad makeup artists in both eras. It well, it could be a conscious decision. Here's the, here's the interesting thing again. You watch the behind the scenes, you see just the like, you know, the the B camera fly on the wall stuff. That makeup looks way better yeah. in that stuff for some reason. I guess just it, it's a matter of the way it plays with the lighting and stuff like that. It looks one of the problems with it is it looks very stiff and we have much better well, makeup also just now. Stippled. I mean, it, it, it doesn't stuff. it doesn't look like deep skin sagging related right. wrinkles yeah. it looks more like it looks he's like been plastic. in the water for too long you look well you, well it also looks plastic cuz it doesn't it doesn't have a sense of elasticity and and kind of motion and stuff it's just it's these sculpted on sags as opposed to a feeling of yeah. of skin actually hanging off I, there was skin and then it drooped I, yeah. i'm not I, you know i obviously haven't done a lot of hands on makeup but i've been you know worked with and and near and have been friends with it's okay we'll still consider you the authority people who people who do it a lot um, and a lot of it has to do with it comes down to a lot in many cases it comes down even the actor because yeah. Guy Pierce has a very thin face well a person who has a very thin general skeletal body structure mm -hmm. very thin they don't their face doesn't get big as they grow older it becomes more skeletal and the hollows become more right. pronounced and so on so you're taking a very thin chiseled faced actor and trying to say he got old by having his head and get tw twice as large yeah. so that you could put wrinkles on him that was my it's thought. like yeah. saying when Doug Jones gets old he's going to become really flabby yes exactly he's no, not he's, he's not, not he's, he's not going to sink Doug Jones is not going to look like Alfred Hitchcock when he gets old but that's the only way you can additively put makeup on him is to you, you have to add 
bad you if you're going carve, to do that. So, you can't carve holes out of Guy Pierce. Yeah, exactly. Unless you unless you do it correctly, like digitally, would, that would be the way to do it. Yeah. Is to literally sink his face. You know, you yeah. literally like take parts of his face away. You pull a Benjamin that, button. That's more likely what Guy Pierce will look like when he gets old. So when you see this, you're looking at a facial structure that has the wrong old age on it. Yeah. And your eye is going, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, as opposed to someone who has a very fleshy face, right. then they would have a saggy, that, fleshy cause face. Because big, big guys tend to get old and 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 droop. Right. And, and skinny guys tend to get old and sink. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's again why the, the makeup kind of looks the way it is and looks very stiff. It's not, you know, these are, like I said, there's a level of craft all, all across the board and the, the makeup does look good in certain lightings, but it's just the fact that it's like, that's, they're, they're putting a bunch of, a, a th- bunch of makeup on that's not going to react to the Someone way with a cheek yeah. isn't ever going to look like they don't have right. one. Bet some, so you just stipple on some and the, dimples and the, and the, and the, the latex and, is, and, the, the more it's going to be just a big balloon and not and, be actable. Yeah, and when, but as, as opposed to someone who is, it, who's who's not as thin um, and and who has kind of a more fleshy appearance? You don't have to put as much makeup on them, and then the makeup will react more with their their body. Whereas on Guy Pierce, it's it, they have to layer it on so thick in the first place that you don't that you don't get any of that that motion for free anymore. Now, so we, jumping back to the the plot for a second, there was the brief setup there. Yeah, yeah I know. But there, 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 someone's still trying. Someone deep in, someone in the machinery here is still pulling levers. There's someone in the bowels. It's, it's the guy from Metropolis moving. Exactly. There, the I, just, I, I picture it's those guys in the electrical room from Titanic. You know, the water's up to their knees, but they're no, God damn it, there are going to be survivors. We're going to keep the plot rolling. It's like no one, no one cares about the plot. Let the plot go. Save yourself. No, no, I'm going to make this plot work. I swear to God, it's, gentlemen, it's been an honor. It's been an honor, <laughs> privilege with you. The um, is on Ridley. <laughs> ah, nice. Is uh, is that little setup of Numi talking to Idris um, about what <laughs> do our parents hate us given these names or what? Um, is uh, <laughs> says the father of a kid named Grayson. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I'm not the father of a kid named Grayson. No, but no, says me. I mean, yeah, I agree exactly, with you. But you I, have yeah. to prove you're not exactly. But anyway, <laughs> and, okay. Well, we'll get that after the show. Anyway, that was the setup of. Look, there's bad shit going down. I know you're just the captain. I know it's just your job to fly the ship. But, you know, yeah, you have to, if, if this goes wrong, you're going to have to do something. That was all the setup we got of that plot point that's coming up later. And again, I'm like, it's so interesting to go, okay, I saw them trying to make a thing make sense. And yet right. they still managed to have it not make sense when the time comes. You up. might be interested to know they cut out a scene where they have an elaborate explanation from him of a previous story that is suspiciously similar in, in regarding really? building ma- weapons of mass destruction. And he's seen that and he'd never let anything like that happen again. Yeah, which his is Chinatown. I think a little on the nose, but for me, the missing know. ingredient is, and I guess, I guess it's implied by the setup is that, look, if, if this shit goes down, you know, we have to, you know, do it. We have to do whatever it takes to stop it. And him going, yeah, well, so you say, whatever is it. Possible. But then later when, she, when she goes, Guess what, Captain? The flag is up, and the shit's going down, and you know what you got to do. And he goes, right you are, and takes off. It's just like, wait, aren't you the bitch who's been wrong about absolutely everything (laughs) since we got here? I mean, for me, the missing ingredient for him is his turning point was... Says you, you know, give me a reason to really believe it. If, if he's not already convinced by the fact that this guy came back as a spider and you couldn't kill him with a flamethrower or that or whatever else, but still it was the same. Like she goes, so ram them, suicide yourselves, right? Gotcha, check. Good luck. See you on the other Sounds side. Good. All right. It's just kind of like I, I just what I didn't quite get how that turning point suddenly came out of nowhere. Another weird thing about that scene is it's doing something that the movie has done a number of times and will do so again more notably at the end where. 
if it has something that it hasn't really explained to you, but it wants you to understand, it will just have a character say it as <laughs> their theory, up. and that turns and out to be, be the truth. Oh, yes. again, the anti-science, which is which is a topic. huge you know TV tropes thing. I can't remember what it's called, but that's like that's a major trope when it's it's just. Yeah. A random guess happens to be exactly correct because you can't think of any other way to get that information into the plot. And <clears throat> there's a lot of. But I mean, what if they're actually really made of rice paper? It, it, it almost what, you're insane. It <laughs> almost goes without saying because it's kind of obvious, but it's out um, of your ass. You know, <laughs> making it up as you go along. <laughs> it's good. With uh, no, it's with with as much uh, as as sort of the. The theological stuff just seems sort of like layered on like a separate layer that doesn't really interact necessarily with anything else. There's just an awful lot of like blatant Christ imagery throughout yeah, the film. Yeah. The, which the, isn't, the, which isn't, for me not. isn't helping. It's it, like, it does. Exactly. What it, are you trying to say with this? now? It, I mean, and that exists in plenty other films. I mean, fucking Matrix. It's all over the place. But yeah, it's uh, but, but that's it's about, like that's about a messiah. So I'm okay right, with it. Exactly. That's the, she's not supposed to be our messiah. She's not like yeah. the movie doesn't really know who she's supposed to be through most of this, you know what I mean? Like it, she's she, a Virgin oh, Mary, clearly. She's a, bi- she's, a, yeah, she's a bit of a gave birth to the some. I mean, no, she, I mean, it, was, it was immaculate because she can't give birth. She can't create life. Yeah, we get that. I and mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just like, I would love a theological movie that has, uh, aside from Judeo Christianity, like, it would be, it would be nice. Cause I was a religion minor. There's a lot of fertile stuff there sure, to yeah, mine yeah. from, you know, but well, I mean, here's my thing. I'm just now starting to realize something with, with that you, something is using the imagery with an idea behind it. Yeah. Because well, people are just, people just, to just shorthanding it. I mean, yeah. Run, people just yeah. throw Jesus, on the everybody clear on Jesus. Moving on. Here people we go. throw on the imagery without actually having an idea underneath it. I'm Brian sorry, just that's exactly perfectly cued into what I was going to say, which is I've had problems with, um, the, the, the low hanging fruits are the Phantom Menace and the Wild Wild West about not understanding why people dislike these movies. Uh, I understand them now. I'm just saying if you go back and listen to those episodes, I didn't at the play button. So you'll, you'll understand my, my change here. What's happening with Prometheus is slightly different. I mean, aside from the fact that all three of these movies share the missed opportunity uh, faction, there's also a slight different flavor on Prometheus, which is this more than the other two is a movie that didn't have its thoughts collected. It didn't. It didn't figure itself out before it appeared on our screen. Well, I think this also more than the other two is way more pretentious about it. Well, that yeah. too. I mean, yeah, I don't think. Well, and those two things. To tell us and, and those, <laughs> and those two things <laughs> echo chambered themselves in such a way that it makes them. It, it makes this movie seem more egregiously bad than the other two, just because the 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 coexisting factions of doesn't have its thoughts collected and acts as if it does. Yeah. Well, the, the movie that makes it loud. It, it doesn't. It doesn't have its thoughts collected, and the, it thinks that's what makes it deep. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's the Deepak Chopra. Yeah, of exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I also I also do get the impression that like at various stages it may have had sort of a plan and then it just kept getting built on and like rearranged and, and fucked yeah, up and, and then it tries ways. now it tries to do for, too, for too example much and work all, all the Christ imagery we're talking about and a character who is very clearly wedged in there to be a Christian etc also the timing of this being 2000 years ago etc heavily corroborates the confirmed plot that was abandoned which was that yeah, Jesus let's talk was about, a space alien let's right. talk about that first so, yeah let's talk about the actual like supposed plan or machinery of the engineers the Bible so, here. 
Uh, yeah, according to, I mean, just let's infer from what is in the movie and so what kind of has been confirmed after. So the engineers seed the galaxy with life, including Earth. They come back uh, every, you know, they come back periodically every few thousand years. Uh, I think Check it's out. like 6,000 years. Yeah. Every yeah. 6,000 years they come back, whatever. Uh, and that's how they are constantly represented in all various uh, primitive proto uh, uh, Earth civilizations. Right. 1100. 1,100 years, whatever it is. They come back periodically. Uh, and then at some point, and if you actually do the math, it turns out to be about 2,000 years ago, as in mm-hmm. the, uh, Christ. Uh, and then they stop coming. And then there's... Ridley's thing was like, yeah, well, they stopped coming for some reason about 2,000 years ago. I wonder what that means. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is like, because the idea is that Jesus was an engineer, but because we killed him, they stopped coming and they were mad at us and that they were going to come back and wipe us out with this ship. But that didn't happen because why <laughs> something happened, but presumably but, because the, the black goo got out of hand and weapons, yeah, yeah it, it backfired on them. But, right? but I mean, are the engine, but okay. So the engineers, they're not just creators. They're also babysitters. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, cult, but I mean, cri- I mean, cri- well, that's, that's they, a they standard come in trope. And, that's, that's, that's a, yeah, that's fine. But, but the, yeah. but the, but just the whole idea. Christ but didn't create anything. Yeah. And, and the mythology of Christ is like, Christ isn't a creator. He's a redeemer. He's well, you know, going into well, also the, like, the Trinity and stuff. Christ like that. fully Christ God, fully man. Yeah. And, the, yeah, he, and, and he is the creator as well as a redeemer. But the question is like, but they've been coming. God made flesh, but they've been coming for thousands and thousands of years. What makes Christ so special? It's like this time when I go down, I'm going to like do magic tricks for them or yeah. something. Why do we know about him, the 2,000-year-old one, engineer, yeah. and not the 10,000-year-old one? Right. You know, we, or, well, what, get, and why did he do it, and why? how did we even kill him if he's an engineer? That's that's, right. that's the, the question that strikes me the most. <laughs> yes. Like, wait, how did we do that? They kind of yeah. kick his ass easy. That's I'm it. just saying. Now, like, see, that, you know. see, that's, that's and a, the thing is, if they already self And Christ surrenders himself. Yeah. If they already the self-sacrifice Which ties in with how the movie started, so it kind of makes sense, but then why would they be pissed at us? Because that's what they do. Exactly. Right. If self-sacrifice is already part of their motif. Why and self-sacrifice, self-sacrificing is clearly part of the Jesus mythology. Of course. Why are why is that one incident enough to make them so pissed at us that they want to wipe us out? But but the, and that's and that's where the that's where the analogy fails itself because Christ doesn't sacrifice to create. Christ sacrifices to prevent God from coming down and annihilating us all. Like that's he's redeeming. He's dying for our sins, which is exactly the opposite of what, of what yeah, happens. Exactly. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like, so it's like we, Christ I, is jumping. I on sent the you. I sent. I sent my son to you. And you killed him. Well, that's your ass now. Yeah. yeah. That's, gee, that's not how the story goes, is it? Yeah. No. It, it, it's yeah. the opposite, isn't it? I mean, Christ even says on the cross, like, you know, Father, have you forsaken me? In in the, in the Prometheus version of the Bible, he'd be like, Nope. No nope. swords. We're coming to yeah, kick ass. Yeah. Here, here come the Sharabi. You right shall now. be avenged, Jesus yeah. says yeah. God. Okay, <laughs> Bible part two. <laughs> oh, yeah. whoa, 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 the Bibling. Well, <laughs> well done, Ridley. You clearly understand. You clearly grasp the the whole thing. Comes to see how perfectly it all dovetails together. Now, so now, this is Bible fan fiction, is what exactly. we're saying. Okay, now, yeah. I'm, now I'm I'm totally okay with the before that shit started to get inserted in there. You know I'm perfectly fine with the lab rat analogy and all. You know everything makes sense if you take out the Jesus bit because <laughs> right. it's like which it's to like, be what, fair the movie did. It's true. Yes, yeah, sure. They didn't do overtly, but but you know the people said, well, why did the engineer react like that? It's like, well, the engineer woke up and said, fuck, the monkeys got loose. <laughs> the fucking monkeys get loose, and now they even think they can fucking talk to me. Oh shit! What else has gone wrong while I was asleep? You know, and but but I think you would 
you know, not necessarily rip the head off one and use it to beat the other one to death. I don't think a reputable scientist would necessarily react like that. A monkey but, would. A monkey would. Yeah, exactly. But but I'm I'm not in the least only confused after by that. Peer review. And the whole idea of why would they create us only to destroy us is like it's like they're washing the petri dish. That's the equivalent. Is well, that culture didn't work out for shit. You know, let's yeah. cleanse that one and go again. Like I said, if the movie wanted to say that. I'm totally down with that. You know, that's cool. I'm that's that's fine. That makes sense. And then thematically it all ties together. Hey, guess what, Numi? You went and found God and God didn't even give a shit about you. Yeah. You know, there's your story, there's your complete story. The the um there is a deleted scene where we find out what is being said and, and the, the engineer talks and stuff like that. Um, they, they removed it because they thought him not talking made him more godlike, but yeah. then he acts like a baboon, so uh, whatever. Sure, but, yeah. uh, where basically what sets him off is, uh, is um, uh, Wayland comes in and basically says, hey, you know, I came to find you and, and learn your secrets, and I'm basically the same as you because, look, I create life too. And the engineer looks at the looks at David and is like, that's fucking bullshit, and <laughs> it, like starts tearing it apart and going nuts. So um, that, ki- that makes a kind of sense. So that makes a, at least a kind of sense because then the engineers are prideful and, and you know, not not this high level thing. They're, the, you know, they're they're monkeys like us in a certain way. Exactly. Here's my question, and it's it's hard to articulate. Um, as someone who, by the way, has been you know moderating the conversation to whatever degree I can, and, and, and understanding all the sides, and just sort of trying to keep conversation moving, I still hold certain amounts of. Right, and then uh, by the I'm way, s- going back to what he was saying about the captain sacrificing himself, then there's these two guys who we totally forgot are even on the ship. We're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, us two, man. Like, okay, we're, like, on we're board, in. Yeah. We're totally it's, in on this thing that the, we weren't even one, had to explain to us. The one guy is even the same guy from Sunshine. So this guy has yeah. literally just been hanging out on starship <laughs> for however God knows long. He's that's a he's all about thing. suicide missions. That's, that's why he has that sort of sad smile to Get himself. Now. He's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've done this before. suicide mission, done those before. Now, now by by this point, okay, yeah, we've all seen this movie. Charlize is about to die. Fine. Did her character need to be here? No. Erase her character completely from the movie. It's really sad because I think she's great as the yeah. character for what she's given to do. And right. And I, but she's I, sandwiched Joe. She's her, just like, exactly. yeah, she, she serves no actual function because yeah. she ultimately serves the only subplot. I mean, I think without her, you would have a cleaner story because it would be like, you know, old man, old man Wayland sent us out to the edge of the galaxy to blah, 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 blah. And we found this. Okay, let's go home. Oh, shit. Old man Wayland's here. Hold up. You know, now yeah. it's a whole other thing. You yeah. know, the, and then he takes command. And he goes, no, right, we're going right, to communicate right. with him. He's like, no, we're going to go the fuck home. No, no, we're going to talk to them about immortality. But yeah. they, no, seriously, we're going to go home. There's, no, we're going to talk to them about the immortality. the captain could do all that. Yeah. The captain there's, could do there's, all exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Charlize Theron doesn't... You she's can remove her from the equation, and, and that story can still happen. Between the captain and David, she's covered. Yeah. And yeah. At, this totally point, covered. at this point, there's no reason for her to... Escape. Uh, what made me realize that I'm going. There's no reason for her to escape the ship because she just dies immediately yeah, afterwards. No but, the, but then I was thing. like, wait, why was she even on the ship in the first place? That's, and I, I had, had the exact. I had the exact same realization no for her to be in the movie when yeah. she went splat. I'm like, oh, she didn't need to be here. She yeah. could. She could. Yeah. She could have stayed home. She literally accomplished nothing to the plot. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, T. You. You were saying. Well, my whole before. thing is while I have a certain amount of affection for this movie, uh, in the same way Ryan does. Uh, I, I, I don't want to. He's not with me on this one. I'm talking for myself. But in the same sort of... I can simply enjoy this movie. And when you bring it into the... the, the yeah. the, <laughs> the astrodome of down in front fuckwithery. And we start nitpicking. All movies fall apart, including, but not limited to, Back to the Future, which we all love. So then I start thinking in terms of... What is this movie actually doing wrong that offended us in the first place such that we snapped out and started dealing with it on a nitpick level? It's not fun to watch. It's not fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it goes... There's no love I, here. I, I think before that or whatever, alongside that, uh, 
what the characters do doesn't make any sense up to an and it's so crystallized in that one moment with oh a, a snake cobra penis right alien yeah. snake cobra penis Mama I'm gonna touch it yeah it's there is no thought is like oh that's what a, a human being with two brain cells we'll would ever right do it now. right well, now right now well, yeah. here's the thing now here's the thing. fifty yards um, in left or yeah. right now a lot fine. of people a lot of and and you know what else is I like I like I have that same reaction when I watch people running from the World Trade Center what a bunch of idiots you can't tell when you're at that scale you don't know where that thing is going the the movie makes us godlike and movie makes it go oh puny humans but they can't tell this right. that's one of the things that that's one of the things that I. Everyone objects to that scene. This scene, I love this scene. It's one of the good scenes in the movie. Is it's the world that's coming down around their ears. They don't know where it's rolling. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say, I'm, I I'm willing to hand wave. And neither one of them right. like does the right thing. One of them just happens to live, and one doesn't. That's that's Which, the end result. How, how much greater? I mean, you're saying there's no reason for Vickers to be in the movie at all, and I agree. Yeah. How much? How gr- how great would it have been? If Numero Pace got taken out and you know Vickers, and Vickers is the last one Vickers is like, like wait, run sideways, asshole. I would totally watch that. that. Well, here's my well, that would be, that would actually wow, what a subversive, awesome movie that would have been if if at the end Vickers, the cold calculating one, goes, I'm gonna make a left hook because I think it's going and, right. and 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 sweet Jesus girl gets crushed into paste <laughs> at this point <laughs> in the movie. That would be a movie I go. Okay, you were up to something all along, and now I want to know where you're going. Well, with this. here I just want to get back on this real quick, just because to... Vickers would go, Vickers would go get David's head and go. We're gonna go get these motherfuckers. We're gonna go to their home planet, and we're gonna kick some fucking ass. That would make sense to me. I'd be in. I'd, I'd be, be totally in. Anyway, go ahead. To, to keep to stay up with the, with the eagles in the clouds here, looking back down on Prometheus and Back to the Future, yeah. and trying to compare the differences. Here's what I think is the difference. Aside from the fact, let's control temporarily for the variable of we happen to get on board with the characters usually because of the machinations of the movie but we're on board with the characters take that aside back to the future prometheus here's what i think the difference is i think back to the future is dealing a lot in plot a little bit but theme the emotional beats seem to add up whether or not the logic of how a flux capacitor does but you're willing to follow the emotion before you follow the logic if you if the emotion loses it, you then you're staring at the logic in the face it makes emotional sense Prome- exactly prometheus is if you were to take away the logic they both make sort of emotional sense but since you don't even like the characters all you have to deal with with prometheus is the fact that None of those decisions made sense at all. all. Back to the Future, the thing that is going to lose you if you're going to get lost is this time machine shit doesn't make sense. But the characters make sense, and their decisions make sense, and all that stuff makes sense. So I, you and it's only I just have to it's, say, by the way, did it have to be a space axe? I'm yeah, curious really. why but there's an anyway, axe on the spaceship. And yeah. it has to be. Yeah. And it has to be. You know, Back to the Future has the one magic bean. You go. Oh. So yeah, hey everyone, it's Teague. You might have noticed that there's been audio splitting happening here and there and everywhere. That's because this file was so glitched and I had to work my ass off to put it back in order and the only missing piece is right now. So if you are watching this as a commentary with the movie, let it play. I've arranged it so that it's going to fall right back into sync if you were watching the right version of the movie. Uh, and you'll be fine. It'll be back in about two minutes. If you're not and you just want to skip ahead, go to two twelve eighteen. That is two hours, 12 minutes and 18 seconds into this file. Sorry guys.
fucking Event Horizon. Right. Event Horizon is almost unilaterally considered to be a shit movie that we liked yeah. because you watch the movie and you immediately kind of go, yeah, I get that guy. I know, yeah. I know what his point is. And the, yeah. the question, it comes down to the whole, why did you tell me that story thing? I'm back to the future. There is a reason they told that story. They told the story to be like, look, you think your parents are this alien species. They're just like you. Yeah. Your parents were just like you. They went through the same experiences. They're people like you, so cut them some fucking slack. That's right. kind of what it's, what it's doing. Prometheus isn't doing something, anything something like that. Oedipus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Something, something Oedipus. Yeah. Something. I, I want to say one, one rule because we already passed it, but for the engineers who are the architects of life and civilization, <laughs> the most advanced species, their fighting method seems to be, I'm going to run and push you. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just, it, his pl- that was his plan. Oh, here we go. Revenge. Yeah. Tentacles. Now, better punch ha- it. Now, one last thing. There well, ha- no, I'm, when he attacks Numi, he's just like, yeah. push. Yeah. Well, yeah. he didn't get any smarter about it with the thing. It's right. It's, yeah, exactly. We're an hour. He didn't even grab the space axe. We're an hour and 52 minutes into this there have been many a detail to to kerfuffle about and there will be more even in the last three minutes of the movie but i want to have one last question before we get to the outros uh as we're watching Numi right here about to decide to get up and take david's head somewhere else um are you at this point interested in seeing prometheus 2 or alien 5 or whatever no. Or six. I mean, are, do if you want a straight continuation of do, this? Do you think it's going to literally the continuation of the story? Yeah, I mean, the story. You, the next movie that really Scott's going to make, whatever that means. But I mean, his 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 sort of get out of jail free card for the interview period has been the answers are going to be there in part two. This was the questions episode. I'm not so I'm not so convinced. But are, are you interested in seeing the next one? I'm not convinced, but I, I, I you know I'm not convinced of that just because so many of the questions are. Is she retarded? <laughs> like, right. and I don't see how right. the second movie is gonna gonna resolve there's, that. There's question. a big difference between uh, there are so many questions in regards to the characters and their motivations versus things were not about quite answered. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And for me, going into this movie and sort of knowing that it's 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 sort of declaration was it was we're gonna be investigating the origins of humanity. I wasn't necessarily expecting it to have an answer in this movie. Yeah. Like that's a big question. So most I was of the mistakes totally, are in the attempts to answer it that they make. Yeah. Right. And, and so I, w- I was totally prepared to kind of like okay sure there could be another one and fine now since then going okay having seen it a few times and going yeah there's a little, there's a lot of retarded ground level shit going on here <laughs> that's a problem that is yeah. going to be discouraging I want, but I want to know more about Ripley I'm not sure I want to know more, more about this yeah, chick yeah yeah because no, Ripley at least you go in the sorry. end you made just enough right decisions right to, to, You've to live it. whereas she has just managed to not be dead yet. She hasn't actually saved herself through in any no action way. or which is why I, you guys. I sort of God. I am so totally. I am so totally in love with my retcon where Charlize Theron didn't get crushed <laughs> and she did, and you're left with David's head and Charlize Theron. That's an That's awesome. So pair. much more an interesting ending to this movie to go well, faux brother. What the fuck, right? No, I know, thema- right? thematically it pays off better yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Thematically, totally does. It, thematically, it's it's you got way much more groundwork to work with than and for them than, to than like this. they would go, well, I can rig us up another spaceship. Shall we just throw and go? Let's fucking do Let's that. Let's do then. that. Yeah, I've got a space axe. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Like, Shalice Theron, like, where are they going to go? Are they going to go back home? Because Shalice Theron yeah. just wants power. I was like, right. well, I brought a whole alien spaceship full of, you know, world killer. You know, yeah, talk about you. some power. Here Let's we go. It, you know? Headband. So, yeah, yeah like, dad, yeah. search for uh, extraterrestrial godhood. Total bullshit. Got a, got a, got yeah. a whole shipload of amazing shit here, cause, though. Because otherwise, the story that you want to tell based on, I mean, that that's great. But just the simple ground level uh, thing, it's like what this movie seemed to be trying to do up until this moment is uh, up until what, you know, the choice that she makes. It's like you, you feel like what the movie is saying is 
at the beginning of the movie, the characters say, we want to know where we came from. And the movie is supposed to go, no, you do not. Right. Yeah. That's the deal. That's, yeah. that's the that's unspoken contract you make in sort of an alien movie yeah, or just and any then, movie. But, <laughs> right. then, exactly. but, then, uh, but then instead the movie goes, yeah, well, g- keep at it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Believe in your dreams, everybody. Or, or even, follow that bliss. Even if, even if the answer still was, yes, I want to know where I came from. If, if that's the original motivation, I want to know where we came from. And the movie goes, no, you don't. Look how fucking horrifying it is. And you go through all of this shit. And then at the end, she goes, wow, that was horrifying. I still want to know. That's even that's something like that's right. a worthwhile point or theme to make, but that's not really what she's doing. Uh, belief and hope abides regardless of circumstances, or, or, blah, blah, blah. or a resolution in in the face of the terror. It, yeah, you know. Right. But she doesn't. Yeah, obviously, yeah, she's her reconciling the horror of what she's already seen. Exactly, and and consciously doing so, yeah. which is yeah. not something that it's it's way it's better. Incident, it's incident, <laughs> incidental to what has happened in the movie, but it's not consciously being put forth by Ridley or the filmmakers, and it's not a decision she's consciously making within the story right. herself. To answer your question, Teague, um, yeah. for me, and I, I thought about this last night, and I realized I'm like, I, also, I, I have no more asterisk. I, yeah, I have no, I have no desire to see Prometheus too. Like I'll wait for I'll wait for it on video if yeah. enough people say it's all right. There's nothing. Well, certainly there's my answer is there's nothing set up here that I go I can't wait to see the next movie. Right. The next movie might or might not be utter crap. It might be awesome, but I'm no. My answer is I'm not like I sure can't wait for them to make another one of those. I think at, my is, you are my as is, in, you has you are as interested as you were for this one. Only now more wary than you would have been. Exactly. I'm like less inclined to like you know go see it right away. Astra she has the log entry at the end, which is clearly a callback to the original. Alien and yeah. aliens. Yeah. Who the fuck is she making the log entry for? She's <laughs> right. on an alien ship. She's on ship. an alien ship, yeah. yeah. Hey, engineers, when I kill a- you. At the end of good. Alien, she's going, Yeah, so I was on the ship and it got blown up and now I'm on the lifeboat. So in case you hear this, there you go. Who is Numi Rapace talking to? I want to give a quick shout out here. Um, she she specifically goes, Here's where I am, don't come. I want to give a, yeah. I want to <laughs> give a quick shout out here. Drew McQueenie at Hitfix. On Twitter, he said, My parents saw Prometheus and they called me and said, Yeah, really like Prometheus, but. Why at the end of it was there an alien from Aliens? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. that's a fair question. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're at the end of uh, Prometheus here. Here's my thing, and I want to, I, 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 I want to hear Ryan's thing too, because as I, as well, we'll I, I no one else's. As I, as I alluded, nobody else talk. As I alluded to twenty minutes ago, I can fully understand this movie in the you know Thunderdome of down in front. Pick a partery. Uh, and some movies that I really like have fallen apart under scrutiny in that way. And at this point, I'm sort of, honestly, I'm sort of immune, immunized to things that I like getting picked apart because they're fucking retarded. Because, you know, I like a lot of things that are retarded. I like myself. There you go. <laughs> um, that said, I can still see all the fucking problems with this movie. And yet, I like watching it. I, 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 if, if I am able to turn off my brain, I like this movie more than all of the other turn off my brain movies. I think this movie might, especially with a good sequel, offer more than it currently does. In the same way that Avengers made Iron Man 2, the awful movie, a little bit better. I, I think this might get better if they, if someone fucking brilliant writes part two. They might be able to solve some of these problems. At the end of the day, I watch it and I go, eh, it's, yeah, it's kind of dumb, but I, I, as a movie, it's a movie. And I, and I, and I kind of like most of it. There are infinite tributaries upon which you can take nitpicking and criticism um but at the end of the day yeah it's pretty it's fun it's cool it's kind of scary it's freaky it's not as well made as anything else but it's prettier than the other ones so 
I, I put this at the top of the stack in the Special Olympics pile. Eddie? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, to bring it full circle, there's a reason, there's a specific reason why I made the butter sculpture joke mm-hmm. is because I'm sure really ornate butter sculptures are very pretty uh, to some people, and I have no doubt some people have fun making them. I just don't. And I had, and yeah, look, I'm, I think I'm more forgiving than a lot of people when it comes to, you know, gaps in logic and, and some, I mean, if a movie hooks me, it hooks me, but I, it's not even that this movie didn't hook me. I just don't see any hooks on the lure. I don't see, I don't, I don't see what about this is conceivably fun. You know, that's my thing is like, that's great that you did. And I'm, sh- and I don't doubt it. And, no, I'm I'm not, I, and I don't, you can't I don't see me, but I'm nodding. There's no judgment that you do. I'm not superior for you because I didn't enjoy this. I just there, I don't see what was fun. You know, it's like if you go to a theme park and you're like, here's a ride, you stand on a platform and the platform moves at five miles an hour. And then there's a light on top that does something great. Right. You know, I, that just, that's not amusement. <laughs> no, it's for me. it's yeah. even more, or, or Prometheus, it's like, here's a ride, just stand there and watch it. Well, stand there and look at well, it. Well, where, does it where does it go? It doesn't no, really take you anywhere. Well, Check out this great new ride. What is it? It's a guy that comes up and punches you in the face. <laughs> yeah, I like the, oh, I like the okay. butter sculpture analogy because it's like, yes, it's a beautiful butter sculpture, except you've removed the one use that butter has. You can't yeah, even eat it now. It's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the Fair word. enough. Yeah, it's, it's, butter has one function, <laughs> and it is not sculpture. In the spirit of moving on. <laughs> In the spirit of moving on. It's, um, like, it's, like when you go, it's like when you go to Vegas and you stop at Barstow at the McDonald's, and there's that dude that sells sca- st- uh, statues of Predator made out of motorcycle parts. Right. In the spirit cool. of moving on. I know. Um, that has a value. <laughs> Ryan, I speak to you as a compatriot um you're not an idiot who likes bad movies you're a smart guy who sees the good in stuff what is what is your thing with prometheus that that disagrees with the general consensus here uh well the problem is it diminishes every time i see it oh boy yeah (laughs) sorry but fair enough never mind then no no you're not i mean it's i've seen this i mean this is probably my fourth time seeing it i think actually um, so, well, does not simply you know, watch for <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I saw, I saw it once in theaters. I saw it again, um, with Seth in Just theaters, diminishing returns. And then I saw it on, on, on Blu-ray again. And, and then I'm not counting the commentary versions where I was mostly listening. And then we saw it again here. So this would be my fourth. Um, and you know, it, the, the unfortunate thing is really, it is sort of, you're on credit with the, with the, with the filmmakers in terms of kind of. You know, the first couple times before you know anything, you know, you don't haven't heard other s- scripts and interviews and stuff. I'm kind of like, oh, I'm willing to go along with you. I'm going to I'm going to patch these 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 potholes and all that kind of stuff. And and I can enjoy it on that level. But but, you know, the, the more I learn and every time I see it, I'm kind of like more every time going. Yeah. But yeah, how did this you make is that a clusterfuck? Mistake. This is a clusterfuck. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Um, and not to say that there isn't some impressive work in here in in many different departments and all that kind of stuff. And I can I can still enjoy it on the on those levels. And there are many movies that I watch just to enjoy on those levels. And this will probably continue to be one of those. But uh, you know, I, I definitely can't call it a good movie, and I can't defend it from 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 all those uh, all those problems with it. So, so right now, your opinion of Prometheus is. Uh, it's God damn complicated, it. I guess. I guess. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I will say that I think it's a great opportunity for the sequel and that, like, you know, uh, there's been a big reaction. We are not uncommon in this sort of a reaction to this movie. And I think yeah. there's there could be Between a better baffled and fuck that. Yeah, there, there could be we're a not better the only focus. people on the Internet who hated this movie. That's yeah, for sure. There, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Go ahead, okay, go ahead. There, there could be a, a really good opportunity to, like, focus and, and kind of re go. OK, 
All right, we're going to sort of retcon that, yeah. and we're going to try to make a better movie for this next one. Summarize and improve. Forward to what that will Summarize be. and improve. Yeah, exactly. Mike, uh, um, Eddie had a thing real quick. I just, if there's ever a down and front book, it needs to be called Between Hopeless and Fuck That. Yeah. <laughs> well, I try. Yes. Uh, Somewhere between. Uh, Michael, so Prometheus, all of this stuff I'm assuming has underlined your original opinions. Where, where are you at with Look, this Look, I, I totally, and I did from the beginning, uh, I, I totally get if you want to go and just roll the production design in your around in your mouth for two hours, it's tasty. It's delicious. This yeah. is a. By the way, that's one- why I go to movies drunk now. Yeah, yeah, this is a this is a <laughs> wonderful movie to enjoy that way. It's it's fantastic production design. It, you know all the things that people were so excited about when the concept art came out and the, uh, you know the trailers and stuff like that. Absolutely, this is this is you know top of the class in those senses and it's got fantastic visual effects work and we didn't even address the fact that it was all done in true stereoscopic 3d it wasn't converted they they shot it with two cameras and they did all the effects in you know two eyes and stuff like that and and it's well but it's just it's just (laughs) it does it does add a level of me just you know for for my perspective go Damn, that's even more of an achievement yeah. than I realized it was. It's an incredible, yeah. In 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 almost every sense, in every sense except storytelling, it's an incredible achievement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The question is, okay. yeah. what is your priority? And for me, the priority when I go to see films is storytelling and those things all being in service of the story and unfortunately that's the one place where things fall through and we were laying the 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 blame on Lindelof but it seems pretty clear that that and and as as always should be clear the 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 uh blame or praise of that ultimately does lay largely at the director's feet because they're the ones who make that call they're the ones who say this script isn't good enough we're shooting it that script is good enough i'm shooting it and and that's not always the case a lot of times you know the studio and the producers and stuff but in this movie we have a lot of evidence to corroborate but but the fact is this is pointing at the same suspect yeah the fact is all the evidence points to the same suspect and and if anyone had the power to tell fox fuck off i need another script or i'm not doing it it's the guy who made aliens and is about to make an alien prequel so this is the movie he wanted to make for yeah. better or worse you know um and yeah it's just i i i'm i'm with eddie i watch it and aside from yeah great i can you know look at look at the concept art and like i said i watched the behind the scenes and was just fascinated and amazed by it and and you know really loved watching everyone work on it but the the final product is not something that i enjoyed the first time and it's not something like eddie said i see anything to enjoy in um it's just it's just not fun to watch right as a two-hour experience now brian I've wanted to ask you for a while because it's something that's come up a few times and this is a perfect example. How do you, I guess the better version of this question is, have you had to reconcile your sympathies for folks who worked on it, actors and directors and folk, with your negative opinions of a movie? I mean, how do you, how do you, what do you want to say to the people who were involved afterwards? <laughs> where it's where it's like, God knew me. I mean, fuck, I think you're cool. You're probably a really uh, nice lady. And then we're watching this movie and you're like, we're shitting on this so hard. She cares so much, and I still can't bring myself to say that's fine on her behalf. I mean, I always feel I, bad for the the people. Uh, oh, the coffee uh, and donuts side of things. Where it's like, yeah, well, that's exactly what it is. It's coffee and donuts. People. It's like, well, I as somebody who's worked on coffee and donut movies myself, I go, yeah, I feel you, bro. I don't know what else there is to that question, but 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of rent got paid from the look of it. Well, yeah, I mean, for actors in particular, though, it's like if anyone's ever going to have a calling card for something, it's when the guy who made Alien wants you to be in his Alien prequel. You're like, my career, yes. Well, Nubi, I'll do a really well, good job. I don't and think try. anyone's career was damaged by being in this. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, oh, really? I, I'm not really sure. What your this movie was, was a reasonable hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay, well. Especially, <laughs> it's not like Charlize Theron is box office poison now. And I'm pretty sure Dustin that Hoffman was that was Snow White and the Huntsman that did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Dustin Hoffman survived Ishtar. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. In any case, yeah. so uh, all things considered, you know, hand on the deck here, uh, Prometheus, not so much. No, I, and everything we talked about, it's just on every level, you know, as a, as a story logic level of okay, here's here's people going through something that is hopefully instructive to you. Nothing there. As any kind of representation of science or science fiction, no, nothing yeah. there. As as a ostensibly just as a prequel or uh, adding to this thing that everybody already loves, the Alien franchise, <laughs> and, and just, playing on favored ground. Just mm-hmm. just down to the fact of whether or not it actually is a prequel or not. And because I was looking at the Wikipedia during, and so okay, the original Alien takes place in the Zeta Reticuli system, and which is cool. They actually picked a real star that, you know, sometimes they do. They pick sure. a real star and they, they, they set the events there. Uh, and so, yes, at some point, Prometheus was supposed to be a direct prequel, and it was going to show you the events of the crash ship that we've discovered the beginning of Alien, right? But at some point, they decided that wasn't going to be the, be the case. But apparently, it's still Zeta Reticuli system that they're in. So this is just a second ship. Yeah. A second ship within the same system. So it's, I mean, that to me is a detail that is indicative of the problem of the origin of this whole movie in the sense that it's was supposed to be a prequel, but then they kind of half-assed decided it wasn't going to be a prequel because they couldn't be bothered to make it fit into the, the previous stuff. But they used all the same events. But they used all the yeah. same events and the, deta- and the details down to the fact that the location is the same. So... They they did half-ass the work of yes this fits into what we've come before yeah we're watching it on the DVD screen right now on the on the title screen uh, that you know it's just that you didn't do the work you needed to do it's non-committal and bad as a result well yeah I mean the the you know the whole thing is the the moon that they find in or the you know the planetoid that they find in Alien is LV four two six this one is LV two two three yeah so it's like I guess it's sort of in the same zone or it's the same neighborhood it's hundred eighty well, away it's weird yeah. that they say Zeta reticuli because because I you know as soon as they said Zeta reticuli I'm like oh yeah because I remember the scene when which is on Angela Angela Cartwright says you know that when they get when they get woken up at cryo out of cryo sleep and everyone goes where are we she goes we're we're not home where are we we're, we're just we're just near Zeta two reticuli you know it's a, it just happens to be where they are, where the alien, where the alien planet is. So, so yeah, the the whole idea of of well, Zeta Two particularly is a star system, so presumably it has a couple of planets. But it, it's how are they defining things? How are you near a star ver- versus when are you not near a star? You know, it's like what what does the nomenclature even mean in this in this case? <laughs> Fair enough. So, so the idea is, but I what I'm finding confusing is I thought they should have totally eschewed Zeta Two particularly. Entirely in this movie, right? Exactly. You know, just don't even bring that up. You know, don't even say that because because it's like, yeah, it's like, well, wait. So this is the same star system. Is it a different planet? In the same so star is system? it a, is it the same ship or isn't it? And therefore, is it a prequel or isn't it? Yeah. And they're not. Well, and they they, they, they didn't no decide. One, for no one cared enough to really see if they needed to connect the dots or not. Exactly. Now moving over to Trey, mm-hmm. it seems like our collective note for Prometheus <laughs> is an exasperated cry of. Makes sense, movie. <laughs> Fuck. Figure, figure your shit out and come back. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, is that come how you ba- feel about come it? Come back when you have something to say. It it definitely 
I mean, we, we've isolated so many of them in the discussion. It's like, you know, it was my impression from the get go is, boy, this movie's trying to tie a whole bunch of threads together and have a whole lot of subplots, more than most movies really seem to normally try. And then cheerfully not <laughs> making any kind of point with any of them when, when all is said and done. So it's just like, it, it, it seemed like somebody. It really does just feel like what it apparently is. It's sort of a best of, this guy wrote some scenes that were cool and had some interesting ideas and characters, and this guy brought some stuff in, and we just kind of put it all in a big pile and, and spent money making it all look pretty, and good night, everybody. I mean, I I, I just, it's it's all to, to what point and what purpose. And I also think, and I was worried about the movie way back when, and this is yet another reason why I, I more and more and more to the point of trying to completely abstain now, try and avoid all the making of bullshit that happens for years in advance yes. because because one of the things and I, it, it's something that I know would happen to me if I was ever in this kind of position is when you're talking about Ridley Scott the man who founded the Alien franchise is now going to come back and make the crowning achievement of that that's to me that's as bad as George Lucas is going to make another Star Wars movie. It's like, I think that's got to hamstring you so hard where you second guess everything that you do from day one to the day you release that fucking movie and everyone else is second guessing you at the same time and naturally you're going to go, uh, let's have another draft. I, I don't know if so we've got it So it's either milk toast or insensible. It's or, just, yeah, or, it's or, just, or just like... Problem. I think the exact opposite Trying problem Trying to be everything all the time to everyone is what this movie feels like. I, I think the exact it's the exact opposite problem here. Ridley probably wasn't wasn't second guessing himself enough, and Lucas probably wasn't second guessing himself enough with the prequels. Going when they're when they're twenty when they're twenty yeah when they're twenty something schmucks, they know I'm twenty something schmuck. I got to get this right. Now he's Ridley Scott, and I made the alien. So whatever I do is alien, and it will be alien. Well, in either case, it's Basically, just that there's, there's no way I can blow this. Well, so in either case, I, yeah. it's just that there's no ultimate truth of the story burning through their fucking personality yeah. and telling them to break this movie. In the end, I don't. I just I don't. See the person driving this going, I know what movie I'm making, yep. I know the story that I'm telling. Sit down, here it comes. Yep. You know, and, and I I I see like, and I don't know if it's Ridley or the fact that Ridley can't recognize a good script and maybe he never could. I mean, you know, it's like Tim Burton famously said, I don't know what a good script is. I just know what movies I like to make. And I'll, whatever's on the page, I put that on screen. You know, that he 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 had cheerfully admits, Tim Burton cheerfully admits that he doesn't pay that much attention to what the story really is in the movies he's making. It's just like this has imagery that I can that I can translate and make a movie out of. I don't know how Ridley Scott operates. His 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 movies have always been for me, superior to his late brother's movies, which I virtually almost never have enjoyed. I've like, there's like two Tony Scott movies that I've ever liked, but I liked almost everything Ridley's ever made. And, uh, you know, he always struck me as the thinking one, and Tony was the brain-dead one who made the dumb movies that just were sound and color and lights. And, and this movie is like, Ridley made a Tony Scott movie here, which is like sound and color and lights and signifying nothing which is not normally my perception of, of Ridley. Oh, uh, you know what it is? It's Tony Scott trying to make a Ridley Scott film. <laughs> That's what Prometheus is. Okay. Except we know it, it is Ridley, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. saying. No, yeah. but I see the I see the metaphor there. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, but so so it's like you know, it's it's just a big misfire on all on all cylinders and it's except for the production design which is, you know, delightful and I want to have sex with it, but the <laughs> It's, oh, if only someone could have just, if there was someone who could have and didn't or whatever, but someone just go, okay, Ridley, I'm just going to look. 
you can still make all the same pretty pictures. I'm just going to change some of the words that the actors need to say, and I'm just going to tweak a few of these scenes and just make it make sense. That's all I'm going to do. You can do everything else exactly the same. Or honestly, just do it in the middle of the night while he's sleeping. <laughs> and <laughs> New pages come in. Where did these come from? You I asked s- for them last night, Ridley. I swear, Don't yeah. you remember? Well, I n- don't even say so. Just, like, just, put in, just staple it. Just same cover sheet. Yeah. And I think he'd wake up and go like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wouldn't go much because that's. I mean, I honestly feel like he was. I actually might be surprised looking at the the behind the scenes. He was very like he would go in on the draft and he would interesting even not even just dialogue. He would be like in the action description. He's like, I want you to use a different word here. Doesn't mean (laughs) anything. He just he just chose that that I don't like that word. Use a different word. It's like what? While they're what? in production, yeah, well, but in pre-production Still. as they're developing it, that, he's like, "I want you to be more, you know, put it more this way and stuff like that." It's like, but it comes to the same thing, and you're the one directing it, so why does it matter? And I'm sitting yeah. right here in front of you, yeah. and you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. but email me the PDF. I'll change it and print. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I mean, I guess it boils down to around the room, a general sense of either abject annoyance or sympathetic lack of caring <laughs> that's that's prometheus a sympathetic a apathy benign apathy yeah, yeah just sort of like a man i like you but that wasn't it is that about right <laughs> it's, okay. it's just transformers with pretensions is all this yeah. movie is yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah exactly i like it's the like, saturated color palettes though there's that yeah, yeah anyway sure. I guess this has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to iTunes and get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash Down in Front. Facebook Down in Front Show. Email us at downinfrontshow at gmail.com. Go to the forum. Involve yourself in the conversation. We never have stupid shit-ass flame wars. <laughs> and, uh, Anymore. A lot of smart folk there having interesting conversations with many a point of view. Uh, get Buy our shirts. Donate us money on that big PayPal button. And Holton Hill designed to maintain the website. My name is always is T. Christie. Eddie Doty. Ryan Weaver. My Scott. Brian Finnefer, Chase Stokes. This has been Down in Front, six of your best friends in your head. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. Kid. I normally don't have to wait that long to yeah, say my yeah. name, so I kept trying. After beep, th- every beep, three, beep, I know it's beep, me to say my name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I tried to jump in there. Anyway. Boy, I am Woo. glad I did not drink on this one. Hi, <laughs> Vey. God. It's yeah. a whole lot of movie. That's a whole lot of sad movie. friendsinyourhead.com